Download the app. Bet big, win bigger. I've got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $5, win $400. If you're a new WinBet player, you can make your first deposit of $20 or more and become eligible for the offer after opting in. Following your first deposit, you can place a minimum $5 straight bet on any spread, over, under, or money line wager with odds of minus 120 or greater and have a chance to win $400 as a free bet credit. Come on, guys and gals. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome. Cowboy Reed. What's good? Cowboy. Mm. Another one of those big double guest shows. Chris and Macon will start the show talking about the snow. Charlottesville got a little bit of snow since we last talked to you. Chris got to watch the Brown Steelers game with an old friend. We give a little shout out to Bopper Kyle Guy. Will Compton, current Las Vegas Raider, busting with the boy podcast host, comes on to talk, joining the Raiders. Their win and end game against the Chargers this week. The history of busting with the boys, time with the Titans. And who the better friends are, Chris and Macon or Will and Taylor? And then at the tail end, hang around for Robert Quinn. That's right, Bears edge rusher Robert Quinn, who set the Bears single season sack record last weekend. Enjoy this one. Enjoy the day. Happy, happy, happy green light. Beanie Boys are back. Man. The Beanie Boys are back. It's cold. It's really cold. The power's out. The entire state of Virginia is fucked up. We'll get into that in a second. I asked you, I said, hey, did I get uglier? Because it looks worse on the monitor here. And, and you said, reminded me I used to have uh, facial hair would work. Facial hair, longer hair. Also good for the cold. Facial hair. Right, right. Also right. good for zits, pimples. You don't get them. Notice right. you get some sometimes. I, I do. Don't, I don't from get time them to ever. Time. Follicles in the way. Hey. Your favorite game's back. How yeah. long is this? I was off that day. 15 inches. It's 15 inches on the nose. I'm not fucking with you. Look at that. I'm back, Unbelievable. Bro. Like, I wish I Pull was... Pull it as, out again, bro. Pull that tape measure I out I want to be as good at anything as you are at this. <sighs> Hold on. That's where, we're, that's where we are, right there. Stay, hey. 27 inches. 25 inches. Okay, not bad. 
Okay. Oak Park, Illinois. Hello! Why Oak Park? The hometown of the late, great Betty White. So I want to admit something. I wanted to give it a week. I have no idea what Betty White does other than make everybody love her. Obviously, for good reason. Everybody loves a, a funny old lady. She's funny, right? She was funny. Yes. She was a comedian. Yeah, we might need to go to Kingston on this one because I only really know her from cameos from the last two decades. Bro, I couldn't name one cameo. I just know everybody loves her, and uh, I've accepted that fact. The cowboy. Golden Girls. Golden Girls. Oh, of course. Gold, I, know, I knew what's, Golden who's Girls. Who's in Golden Girls? Uh, well, Blanche. She might have been Blanche. I don't know. Uh, B. Arthur, and also B. Arthur. <laughs> And um, you know, there's a Dorothy. What's the plot? They uh, the the four women talk about things, mm-hmm. and so there's it's the view. And there's no, no, no. It's more of a situational comedy uh, realm of things. It's four retired women in Miami, like a sitcom about their retired lives. And how old is this? It's from the early '90s, mid '90s. 80, 1985 to nineteen ninety two. What, what are their names? Betty Rose. White was Betty so White. Betty White was so old she was in a retirement sitcom in nineteen eighty five and still lived. To the she went to ninety nine. Yeah, Dorothy Blanche. Dorothy Blanche, Sophia, and Betty White played Rose. Rose. Yeah. Hey, according to um, a source, Betty's last word was Alan, the name of her late husband. And I ask you. What would your last word be if you were on the way out? Probably motherfucker. <laughs> like motherfucker, dude. I mean, it's inevitable, huh? Yeah, you'll you'll hit the old rainbow highway one of these days. Checkpoint. Yeah. That's all right. right. All right. I got a layup line for you. Okay. I was going to go Steam Powered Airplane, which is a uh, it's a song uh, originally by John Hartford, but I'm getting into leftover salmon. It's off their live album. Reed, you're, you're crunchy as hell. You like leftover salmon? I do. Rivers Rising. Yeah, well. It's one of my favorites. Hey. I, I like uh, Troubled Times, and then there's another one, like Midnight something. But I, I was all, always. All their songs alliterative? I really. Not really like stopped the car on air, that one. Not like Steam Powered Airplane. You're right. Hey, hey, everybody listen up. Hey, hold on. Everybody listen up. I have a friend who uh, often sits in with leftover salmon. Sits in? Yeah, his name's Jay Starling. Plays music. We got the same friend, Cowboy? I think you well, told me about I, Jay. He played Love Cannon. He's Love in Love Cannon. Cannon. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I've seen Love Cannon a couple times. Jay. I know of him. Good guy. I like leftover salmon. For a long time, I didn't look their way because. I don't really, salmon has to be just right for me. Mm. A little bit well done even. Redacted grill at Redacted Country Club. Uh, leave it on a little longer, please. No, I like their salmon. No, you got to ask for it well done or else you're eating sushi. I, I, that's, I'm, I'm, closed mouths don't get fed. You have to like talk. You have to communicate what you want. Oh, sir. I say blackened salmon well done every single time. You like your salmon blackened? Yes. Anyways, the, the, the layup line today is going to be uh, it's going to be rain and snow, which I was thinking about five minutes before I opted for something different. I know the song from Del McCory. I married me wife. She gave me trouble all my life. Left me out in the cold rain and snow. Uh, that kind of reverby bluegrass. Just, I mean, he's singing. Del McCory sounds like his voice is echoing out of a holler and you're on like mushrooms. I mean, it's, it's, it's magic. But what I found out though is that this rain and snow song 
is also was yeah. played by the Grateful Dead. Yeah, I mean, I knew it from the Grateful Dead. Like they released it in '67 and then played it live all the time. Of course, you know, and if it would like start raining at a show, they'd start playing it, stuff like that. But tell me, what would you classify it as again? Well, it actually goes all the way back to 1917, and it's sometimes called a folk song, and it's sometimes called a murder ballad. A murder ballad. She came down the stairs, combing back her long yellow hair. And then boom. And then there was a murder. Yeah. I love a good murder ballad. Well, they're always funny when it's like the Dixie Chicks, and they do a whole song about murdering people. By the way, how'd that name? They're now the Chicks. Yeah. So it's always funny when a girl's killing the guy, but I like a good old-fashioned murder ballad either way. Yeah. But whatever. It's, it's raining and snow. It's more snowing out here is what made me think of it. Whatever genre the bare naked ladies were. Did they do a murder ballad? No, but I like that genre and I like murder ballads. Name some murder ballads. Hey, Joe. What about, uh, what about Old Red? Old Red's going to get you in there. In there. I don't know that one. Sure you do. Long Black Veil. Long Black Veil. Ten years ago. Did they play that at Dead Shows too? How do you know that song? You, oh, here's uh, one. Like band. Lefty that's, Frizzell? That's the band, right? No, I think it's Lefty Frizzell, uh, you know, initially. How about John Prine? There was, um, there's, uh, what color does blood look on a black uh, and white TV? I don't know that Something one. about shadows. I do like Spanish Pipe Dream. How can I not think of that, the name of that song? Somebody will tell us. Anyways, yeah. Snowing. Th- there's it's, a murder ballad about the snow. Jack Straw is a murder ballad. Another Grateful Dead song. Lake Marie. Lake Marie is the name of the song. A lot of murdering in that circle, huh? We're sitting here on a, a Tuesday. On Sunday, it was 70 degrees. On Monday, we got was, hit with a foot of snow. I was watching the games with the Cowboy Reed in shorts. Is it a foot? North of eight. So there's a bunch of people on I-95 that have been on I-95 for going on 24 hours. I yes. don't know, like time of tape. If you read some of these responses, it's, it's crazy. Imagine being on I-95 for 18 hours. I couldn't imagine. They need to do something about that. Yeah, no kidding. They also need to do something about our power, like way down the line. But the people on 95 need to get taken care of first. VDOT's out there clearing the trees. There's been a million trees on the road. It's like a video game out there. It was a very heavy snow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're north of eight inches. So for us, if you're in a place that gets snow, yeah. shout out the fridge, uh, might as well be three feet for y'all. I mean, we're used to a dusting around now, these now parts. Now there's no power. Uh, no power. Uh, Dominion. I've got a generator and for some reason the heat isn't working. So Lottie fucking da. Dominion says our power, we live in the same neighborhood, yeah. will get restored between the hours of 6 and 11 p.m. this evening. So I, I hope they follow through on yeah, that. I hope they do. My lovely family is at a nearby hotel. Yeah. About 200 square foot room. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bed and then it's single file around the bed. The baby's on the floor. Slept pretty well, actually. I can't think of anything worse. Well, listen to this. Sleeping in a 50 degree house with a baby. Yeah, that'd be worse. I said, hey, I'm going to you know, leave the room for several hours. Um, thanks for... Thanks for being here with the, the baby to my lovely wife. And I went and found a great setup, had the laptop, had an, had an AirPod in, ordered a, ordered a pie yeah. from the kitchen, delicious. Yeah. Had a little wine even, a little red, a little yeah, cup a little of red? red wine. Here, how about the, a cup of week old eggnog? No, thank you. Did you realize there's an eggnog glass here? It's likely mine. I drank I all of mine, okay? This is a week old. That's mine. You get $600 for drinking that, Cowboy Reed. And so I'm all set to watch the, uh, the Browns cover against the Steelers. Thought, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, the eliminated yeah, yeah. Browns were going to do some weird stuff, ruin Big Ben's big night, and um, come back from getting the pie from the kitchen 
and um, the internet's out at this swanky country club at which we find ourselves in our 200 square foot so you room. couldn't watch the manning cows nothing no what i did was i did the whole uh uh cell phone hotspot. that doesn't work too well yeah, it's very grainy slow lagging <laughs> glitches so i saw like the first half i was on plus eight and a half did you see the feedback about less gambling talk who said that somebody on the internet about us yeah oh well maybe less of you listen to the <laughs> podcast because i'm addicted well as is making and maybe check out the uh win bet app on your mobile device <laughs> like who the fuck you think pays our bills dude maybe that person wants to become our i don't do this sponsor. for for free i don't sit up here and fucking talk about sports for nine hours a week for free you i can keep going on this snow day the well, rabbits at home alone in 52 listen, degree house I'm sniffling i've been tested for covid we're good but like i'm, I'm sniffling sniffly yeah i'm sniffling because it's 50 degrees in my house without heat right now okay. me and my small family spent the night like it was uh like we were in the movie alive save minus it. the eating each other save it i had to use afrin this morning afrin is, is afrin how it feels to do cocaine because i feel like my whole face is on fire like i was just driving down the road crying people at the stoplight next to me are like that guy's going through it no i just had afrin that shit works though yeah it seems like matt kingston keep... says he does it every day yeah be careful it's just as addictive as cocaine <laughs> I don't know about that not from what i hear you are seeing results though because you're you're you don't rocketing. See anybody in succession doing a line of afrin huh you're rocketing into the into the wastebasket in the other room quite a bit yeah well it's it's uh the highway is open there are some down trees in my nostrils your move is a rocket followed by a followed by a tissue yep, yep, followed yep. by a, a sanitizer yep it's a nice system it's a have. good system it's clean the whole thing anyways you're talking about cleveland plus Eight and, Eight and a half in the under. Okay, sorry. Tune out whoever said we need to talk about gambling. Let's just skip forward. And, There's a button for that. But. And so I went to bed, mm. and then I wake up to Najee Harris' 37-yard touchdown run with a minute, and I'm like, damn, that's some bad luck. And then I come to find out he could have just gone down. Game would have been over. Could have, uh, and on a few levels that was fucked because I think they wanted Ben to take the last knee and that sort of thing, which eventually he did, right? Because there was a meaningless pick thrown at the end of the game. But Najee Harris, to my excitement, was barreling towards the end zone and ran past the dude who was a lot smaller than him. Also, just a hideous stiff arm. Oh, I don't even want to watch it. I mean, it was it was it was knocking on the door of Josh Norman. It wasn't Josh uh -huh. Norman, but it was knocking on the door. I had Pittsburgh in a teaser with the under, so my number was thirty-seven and a half. So, for any of you who don't understand gambling, mm. if this is not your hundredth show. We That's need the Steelers. We need the Steelers to be within a touchdown. We need the total to go over thirty-seven and a half. And uh, needless to say, we were not there. And when Najee made his run, I freaked out. Now I'm going to tell you why Heath Miller saved me a bunch of money. Mm. So Heath Miller, legendary tight end for the Steelers, Charlottesville he, resident, he, old teammate, great dude, one of the best people you ever meet. Big um, money. Big money. I actually learned on Twitter last night that he could not get the game. Like I found out about my friend struggling to find B Big Ben's last game. Somebody threw him a hundred thousand balls. He was on a Pittsburgh radio show and said, "Like the power's out, I can't find the game." So I had to rig something together, extension cords, the whole nine yards. I find the game and I text Heath. I say, "Come on over." But what I couldn't do was I couldn't bet the Browns and sit there with him. <laughs> so what I didn't tell Heath is that I was thinking about betting the Browns. That obviously turned out to be a shitty idea. Uh, Najee Harris saved my bacon. Heath Miller saved my bacon. So thank you to those two Steelers. Congratulations to you two guys. Yeah, because I couldn't be like, hey, yes, 
I'm sorry, I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield on your friends last night. So my brother-in-law went to Ole Miss. We're watching the uh, whatever the hell it was, Sugar Bowl. Yeah. And so, you know, and for the sake of camaraderie, we, we jump on the Rebs. Yep, yep, yep. Corral goes down, and unless my brother-in-law listens to this, I, I, he might, uh, brother-in-law alert, yeah. I jumped on Baylor like, like, I'm holding the phone you by hedged. my right hip. You quietly hedged. I quiet. I never told him. Kept rooting for Ole Miss. Why wouldn't you tell him? Because I, I wanted to, you know, keep up. Okay, let's go Rebs. You know, unis look great. Look like the Oilers. Let's go. You but are Corral a goes down, bro. And I pull the phone out of my pocket so he doesn't see it, and I jump on Baylor live, and it worked out. The thing I want to say about the game is this: T.J. Watt ends up with 21 and a half sacks at the end of that ball game. He had four last night. So here's a guy who's played. 14 games, he'll play 15 before the end of the season. Uh, he's got 21 and a half sacks, Michael Strahan's record, 22 and a half. And as he drew within one sack, all they could think to do on that very long Cleveland Browns drive there, where they got that late touchdown, I mean, that thing lasted forever. TJ got two different breaks. Let's talk about Big Ben. Mm. I know it's Big Ben's last game, you're gonna get the lap and everything afterwards, all the high fives and all that stuff. You've, you've told stories all night. There's been plenty of dead air between another three-yard completion and, you know, a, a sack. Let's talk about T.J. Watt possibly making history with less games than Michael Strahan, who's one of the best rushers all time that our game has ever seen. And they did not mention it after that last sack. We should have had a T.J. cam. Like, quite literally, if there was ever a time to have a pass rusher on an ISO cam, that was it. I don't know. What are, what are we doing, guys? Let's talk about the pass rushers. T.J. Watt has the Ravens week 18. The Steelers as a team had nine sacks last night. Nine he, sacks. There were dudes that I was like, who is that with multi-sack games? I did a Twitter poll. You want Baker Mayfield or, or Danny Dimes? It's about 50-50. I, I voted Danny Dimes. I voted Danny Dimes. I, I, I don't. I don't know what that commodity is. I have a feeling I know, but like I don't know that he's had a good offensive coach in, in New York. And, and not to say that I would pick Danny Dimes over option three, but if you give me those two, I kind of feel like I know who Baker is. A lot of people in the comments said things like death. Death. As like option yeah, three. Yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, Checkpoint. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It was excruciating um, backing Baker and 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 watching through speaking life. of the giants why don't we call the giants we haven't talked about joe judge and speaking of i'll call the giants call the giants speaking of tj he's i guess he's tied the um pre brett far freebie sack that stray got it at 22 and a half yeah he's tied the freebie sack whatever you think about that i'm not a i don't know if that would be am i a truther or not thinking that he earned it i'm not a truther i think he earned it because i love him to death T.J. Watt, nine career games against the Ravens, nine career sacks. That, uh, that nine career sacks is his second highest sack number against another NFL team. The highest is the uh, Cleveland Browns. Now listen, he's done 14 games, 21 and a half sacks this year. It's incredible. Well, Marvelous ain't going to give you anything free if no, he, he does. decides to No, he does give up. you a few, a few free. I know. Yeah. Hi, I am a, uh, well, probably don't have to tell you. My name's Macon Gunter. I used to play for the Giants back in the late 90s. And uh, Coach Judge said this week that he has a lot of people saying, um, you know, other players on other teams that they would want to 
come back and, and play for coach. And I would just like to add my name to that list as a proud New York football giant alum. I would play for Joe Judge seven days out of the week and twice on Sunday. Okay, um, hold on one second. I can give you with the number three Giants front office. That'd be great. Thank you. You have a pen? Yes, I do. Okay, it's going to be 201. Great, great. It's a lot of ones. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. This is uh, Giant Great Macon Gunter signing off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> have a good one. Okay, you too. Take care. Take care of yourself. We're calling the actual front office. Should I have said I'm a, I'm a current player? Or did that work? I had no plan going That in. worked. They're going to know that there was no making gunner, so maybe you should just be like, hey, I'm a player. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. But then I'm going to have to identify myself. Should <clears throat> I pick the name of, a, of an actual player? No, we should pick a name like, um, like Bofa. <laughs> okay. Bofa who? That's good. That's good. Okay, here we go. Information on becoming a Giants PSL holder. Please dial one have I been disrespected? That's not how you treat your players, Joe. Football operations. Hitting five. Press one for general manager. That's right. General manager. Yes, ma'am. Wait while I transfer your call. Happily. You have reached the New York Giants football operations. Gonna pick up. We are Shocking. Your call this time. If you care to leave a message, please do so. Thank you. Hey, uh, Coach Judge said this week that there are players in the league on other teams that would gladly come play for the Giants, and I am one of them. And I want to make my story known and, and make my belief in Coach Judge and, and his plan known. I, I think we're on the right track. I think, excuse me, I think you're on the right track. You're, you're Julio Jones. This is Julio Jones. And please give me a call back at, at your convenience. Thank you. Take care. So we'll see. <laughs> so we'll see. That's your, that's your, that's your line. Yeah. When you hang up with the team. <laughs> well, I hope they get that. Yeah. I thought we were going to go the Bofa route. We went, we went Julio Jones. Yeah, but it's better if somebody's talking to you when you go Bofa. By the way, it's, um, it's January 4th. So tomorrow to be, y'all be listening to January 5th and then 6th. Yeah, my, my dad, happy birthday, January yeah. 6th. Yeah, happy birthday to him, and thank you for your donation to the Water Boys. You're oh. as charitable as you are articulate. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Couldn't think of a better cause. You're a little bit articulate. I'm just joking. Huh. <laughs> well, when I said thank you earlier, you were like, yeah, should have donated more. Well, you walked into the room. You said thank you. I didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, well, you're one of our most uh, prolific, vocal charitable donors so thank you very much you're you're very welcome we'll be uh we'll be recording on on big ages yeah this is a howie birthday good. thing dude when i'm 62 you know how fucking old i'm gonna look older than older looks. than howie yeah some people are into that though some people are into the weathered look oh yeah that's a new thing yeah that looking like you've been cryogenically frozen is faux pas i agree need some blemishes He's falling out of favor it's out but happy birthday, Dad. Love you, man. And a big shout out to Kyle Guy. UVA's Hooper. own. Wahoo. 
um, big Bengals fan. What a week for him. He gets to watch Joey Burrow and the boys host uh, the Chiefs and get a dub. And he also signs a hardship contract with the, the uh, Miami Heat. And what does he do? He has a career high. Yeah, he balled out in his first game, had career high 17 points. What was his war? His war in one game was probably like point oh four or something like that. What but was his per? I, stop fucking with me. But uh, basically, I hope the Miami Heat pick him up for a 10-day. He looks like a real player. He's a fucking real player, that Kyle He's guy. He's filled it up a couple times now. A hardship contract. We can think of a better name than that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds to me like it's a potato famine going yeah. on somewhere. Speaking of charity, this is no it's a little charity. Heavy. It's a little heavy hardship contract. Congrats to Kyle. Uh, maker of three free throws in the final four against Auburn. Where were you for that? Uh, right next to Kyle Guy, pretty much. I was at Where, the 4040 Club in New York for Clint Sintom's bachelor that's party. That's right. I'll never forget right. it. Yeah. That's right. Where he got fouled uh, is where I was sitting. I just want to admit something. I was mad at Clint for a day or two. MBD. Yeah, lack of lack of foresight. During the, uh, the uh, what was it, the, the round of eight, the Elite Eight? The Auburn game would have been Final Four. Final Four, Auburn game. Yeah. Yep, yep. It yep. was the first round of the, the Final Four. And first I've round got, of the Final Four. And I've, got to go, and I've got to go to a fucking bachelor party in New York. But that turned out to be a great party. Yeah. And the Who's, historically, even when they're a one seed, they've, they've fallen on tough times. That, so. that was the most I thought they were done that year. That game? That game. Yeah. I mean, not even the Purdue game. Well, they were down 14 to Gardner-Webb in the first round. That then, was rather it scared terrifying. me, but but it wasn't. And then then Oklahoma was a dogfight. Oregon didn't Oregon look was like you were going to win. Dogfight. Oregon was a 39-39 ball game. Purdue was the round of eight. Correct. I was in Vegas for that. Uh, had to leave the sports book. I was so nervous watching the room. But I didn't think we were dead. The Auburn game, I thought we were done. We were cooked. Yep. There was a possession issue at the end. There was, uh, they complained about a double dribble. Um, there was an intentional foul on that play that was not called. There was a travel earlier that was not called. Um, I think the kid that gave Kyle Guy the choke signal, yeah. he ended up choking. Becoming a, becoming a meme. Yeah. yeah. How you wide across do you think this, this chair is? How wide is that chair? <laughs> now, this is tough for me because, because it's a different angle. It's a different angle. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it's 31 inches. No. 29 inches. Did you see anything? No. 28 inches. Yeah. Your favorite game's back. How yeah. long is this? 15 inches. It's 15 inches on the nose. Look at that. I'm back, Unbelievable. I want to be as good at anything as you are at this. We've all got that oddly specific thing that we're good at, but no one's great at everything. Fiverr connects you to best in-class freelancers with experience in hundreds of digital specialties and every skill imaginable to help you with any project. From data wizards that can turn spreadsheets into insights to voice actors that can bring scripts to life, and everything in between. Here at Greenlight, Fiverr has been a great resource for finding really talented people. Look, Fiverr is really easy to use and brings you a global network of on-demand freelance talent. Find out what you're looking for instantly. No more guessing games. You'll know exactly what you're paying for upfront. No negotiating needed. Fiverr has a network of quality talent that you can count on. The great thing is Fiverr's platform is flexible enough to accommodate and manage the ebb and flow of business. Find a freelancer with the specific skills you need for your next project. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code GREENLIGHT. 
Find all the digital services you need in one place at Fiverr.com. F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Code Greenlight. Again, it's Fiverr.com. Code Greenlight. And now Chris and Macon are going to roll with Will Compton. Will Will's an NFL veteran. He had a long stint in Washington, then it's flipped between the Titans and the Raiders the last couple years. A couple weeks ago, he got signed back to the Raiders and is on the team for the playoff push. He's also one of the hosts of Bussin' with the Boys, podcast friends of ours. It's him and Taylor Lewan, little show they do. We'll actually just release an episode today. So after you listen to Greenlight, go and check out Bussin' with the Boys. It's a good conversation between making Chris and Will. Here it is. Making Will. Will making. Hi, Will. I'm making. Making. I'm a huge fan, brother. I think you carry the show. And I, think you don't get, uh, I don't think you get enough. I don't think you get enough credit. Man. He definitely gets enough money, Will. I, uh, well, that's, not, <laughs> that's not true. We should talk to Will about maybe. About a, funds. Oh, funds? You wanna, well, Yeah, what's fair for those guys? What's fair over here? Okay, I mean, you sure you want to open that Pandora's box? You might go down. <laughs> I, yeah. Look, uh, thank you, Will. I agree. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> that is All right, good. Yeah, I'm stoked to be on the show, man. I'm stoked. I'm stoked to have you on, bro. This background is legit. You in the bowels yeah, of, of the stadium, or did you get an apartment that looks like Allegiant? You know, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like the Death Star that I'm in out here. Um, this is Austin Eckler's spot. Why oh. We have like a, we have a mutual. So my linebacker coach in college, his name is Mike Eckler. He's now the special teams coach at the University of Tennessee. Yeah. But his sister, that's Austin's mom. So oh, okay. we're like connected in a weird way. And he's got a place out here probably to offset his California taxes. So we don't have, he doesn't have to claim those. Oh, and now it's vacant. And uh, so, yeah, this is awesome spot. Shout One of the nicest Austin. guys we've ever had on the show. I don't know if you were there for that day. I wasn't, but he's a member of the houses. One you know? thing, Will, that one thing that we we haven't established is that he doesn't show up for all the shows, so that uh, it factors into the value. Well, there, he's kind of like Taylor Lewan. He's kind of like Taylor Lewan and you, <laughs> where you used to do a lot of the the grunt work, and then Taylor would kind of sit back and wait in the wings and show up when things were good. That's like a little bit what we've got going here. Yeah, it's 100% what's going on with busting with the boys. There was a negotiation, you know, a contract negotiation, and he said, I need you like two out of three. I, I said, some, I got there you. There some back and forth. I was going to ask that. Who do you think's better friends, you and Taylor Luan or me and Macon? I, you know, I wouldn't bet against myself and Taylor, but I, I don't know your guys's, what your guys' friendships are. When like. did you guys meet? You know what I mean? When what, did you guys meet? What year? Taylor and I, Taylor and I met in 2018. Okay, and it was a quick relationship. Over. Hmm. Conversation over. We've known each other since sixth grade. Yeah. A little bit different. And, and he would have was, never. Was uh, making, I assume you were in Chris's wedding? Yes. I was indeed. Yes. Were you in Taylor's? So I wasn't in Taylor's because we had just met, but Taylor was in mine. Kind of awkward, though, because when you meet a great friend, you know it's going to be forever, and you would have thought he would have slid you into the wedding, like, even if it was late. Like, me and this guy no have question. something special. No hey. question. But I'll tell you what, it's weird getting the uh, getting Taylor, because he, Taylor, he's, all, he's so competitive. He likes to talk about where he's at on my friendship list. And anytime around my guys that I've known since sixth grade, they're in the wedding. He's like flaunting how close we are and wants to know where we're going to be at in the lineup. I had to randomize the uh, wedding lineup just to keep 
Oh, that's just to brilliant. keep the drama low. That's brilliant. That's a great idea. So Will, who just got hitched in Montana, the backdrop was beautiful. I saw partly because of Will, but also because Darren Bates was just obsessed with the state of Montana and he was posting a million <laughs> yeah. solo shots. But you actually randomized your uh Don't blame me, blame Excel. No, that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I basically I took my best man and then everybody else went by height. So Taylor was <laughs> at the end. Taylor was at the end, but I told everybody, hey, everybody is by height. So you didn't get your childhood best friend that you had the longest friendship with and yeah. all these people kind of talking about it. You just yeah. you know, line up everybody. Hey, what would you say is Taylor Lewan's middle name? Hmm. That's a good question, man. We, uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Hey, that's I know you actually have me on that because I, I, it's it's left the brain. Yeah, you know, you're we not play that a great of friends. There's and... a lot of research. There's a lot of research out there on brain damage. For the record, it's Curtis. 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 Gosh, I knew that. Too. Uh, he's a I Curtis. He's oh, a Curtis. Yeah, he's a Curtis. Oh my goodness, Taylor Curtis. So, so catch me up, Will. Like we love busting with the boys. Like I catch it when I can. I'm not even gonna lie and be like I listen to all the pods. You don't have to lie and say you listen to all ours. You might, in fact, listen to none of them. But you know, when you're in the business, you you have people that you admire probably working, and we we both like busting with the boys. We we like Will Compton. We think Will Compton is a rising star, and it's fun because you're different because you're playing. Like when I played. I was fucking petrified of doing something like this. Of course, the landscape has changed. And you're not only handling this like as a player, but you've moved around a little bit and you're supposed to do it in a bus. So how does that work now? Because I assume the bus is in, in, in Nashville. Yes, the bus is in Nashville. We, uh, we upgraded to a new uh, warehouse this past year. So shout out to the boys for doing that. We that looked, in, uh, that we looked nice. Like a, I, w I would say we were in like a like a big shed. Yeah. Easily, like homeless people broke in it, stayed on the bus to like move furniture around. They broke our TV and took merchandise. Uh, but we had a break in one time. The security was very low. You only had like the doorknob lock, and that was all we had over there. Um, and we were running off a generator in a hot spot that didn't even work most of the time. But we finally got into a new spot this off season. Um, where we have functional internet, we have functional AC now. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been interesting balancing both. And it's definitely different. Like I'd be lying if I was like, you know, I handled the same as I do in season as I do when I'm or not, not in season when I'm on a team versus when I'm not on a team. Um, it's definitely uh, different when you are getting around the guys and uh, you just grow to respect everybody, the work that they're putting in, like waking yeah. up early, you, you know, the drill, um, how everybody's there all day long practicing. People care so much. I'm not saying I don't care. I'm just saying like everyone has diff different perspective based on whether in your rookie contract, whether you just signed a new deal, whether you're on the back end of your career. Um, and so it's tough balancing it before. Um, and I hate to bring the, the mood down, but before everything happened with me, the last couple yeah. of weeks, I had a couple of, uh, my producers out here with me in Vegas because we had a few pods lined up that I was going to shoot in house actually in this studio right here. Awesome. But when everything house. went down, yeah, Austin Studio Eckler's E, house. Studio E. <laughs> yeah, he's actually a gamer too, so he's actually got he's a nice gamer. little studio set up. In yeah. There. Um, but when all that stuff went down, they went back to Nashville, and yesterday we shot our first pod. Since then, and we I just use Streamyard. I use Streamyard, and then until we kind of figure out what's next, because the boys we might be rolling in the playoffs. Um, we're kind of at the flying by the seat of our pants right now, but uh, it's definitely something that takes a backseat to football, but very much is my transition when I am done playing. So it's something that I still put time and energy into when we have our off days and, 
and everything else. Do you think that if you one day ended up on the New England Patriots, you would continue podcasting? Like, is there any team that you're like, no, fuck that? Because I remember when Bo Allen, <laughs> you, you, I don't know if you know Bo Allen at all from the, the Big Ten days, Wisconsin uh, Badger, Philadelphia Eagle. And, and Bo, I wanted him to do some podcasting with us, and he still might one day. He was like ready to do a pod and then he signed with New England and he was like, nah, bro. So I don't know if you've ever gone through that drill in your head. It's like this team, I probably won't launch or continue doing podcasting if I end up on that team. Yeah. So when I first started, um, I knew I would be like a, a vet minimum guy because I was a, a special teamer the entire year before that in, in 2018 with the Titans. I didn't really have no one was injured before uh, that was ahead of me. So I never really had game film as a linebacker. So knowing I was going into that off season, I knew I was going to be a vet minimum one year guy. I was turning 30 that year. Uh, you know, white gritty, all the intangible stuff. Mm -hmm. Everybody kind of in my head, it was like anybody who brings me in, they're going to know pretty much what they're getting. So knowing that I started to focus on building the podcast. Um, and that year I backlogged enough episodes to where I would just run them throughout the year. So that way, the coaching staff or whatever team I was on knew that uh, these were episodes that I had in a library. They were done in the summertime. They were done in our off time. Right. Um, and we would kind of just run them through that way. Now, these last couple of years, um, last year, I was fortunate enough to be on the Titans. We had had Vrabel on the podcast where he talked about cutting his piece off for a Super Bowl. And we're obviously close with Coach Vrabel. His penis for anybody um, listening. Which yeah, actually is yeah, on my, I have, it, I have it written down here in my notes. What? What would you prefer they do with Vrabel's penis if he ever wins the Super Bowl? And why does he keep trying to win the Super Bowl? Like this team this year, like they're they're somehow really good, but they don't have to be that good. You could enjoy another year with your piece. And if he does cut it off, what are they doing with it? I think I'm more concerned about his home life, his family life, for him to say he would cut off his dick for a Super Bowl and talk about it. He's been married 20 years and all that. Um, and plus the dude's won years, Super Bowls. 20 years. It's a long yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you'll see one day, but uh, the man's won three Super Bowls as a player. So why are you willing to cut off your dick for a Super Bowl as a coach? It just blows my mind. Would it be like a John um, Bobbitt situation? Would Taylor be running down, you know, out of the facility with a with a box of ice? You're probably too young to know who John Bobbitt is. Do you know who John Bobbitt is? Lorena Bobbitt? I don't. John Wayne no, Bobbitt. John Wayne this Bobbitt is was a guy name. that his wife cut off his piece and threw it on the side of the highway. They had to scoop it up and save it and put it in like some ice and run it back, and he got it reattached. Is that your preferred <laughs> nomenclature, Will, piece to like Schween or, or something of that nature? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I've grown uh, accustomed to saying piece mostly. I say, say, hey, I say I, you unit. Know. Pick that up from the hockey yeah, guys. That's yeah. what they call a unit up in Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah, units a good one. What if but it's about pieces? What if it's just in yeah. Canton? Like they just like they got Bill Belichick's bust, Howie Long's bust, you know, Ronnie Lott's bust, Mike Rabel's piece, and they have a, it's uplit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I think it's interesting because I've talked with Jen to his wife, and I think she would be in favor of cutting it off as well. <laughs> well fuck he's got enough kids we learned that on draft day he's got an entire football team like just doing different things in the room on his feed he seems like an awesome guy to play for though like legit I feel like there's a lot of coaches that the public has one idea of and then they're very different in private like he seems like he's exactly who he projects being an asshole yes he very much, he very, <laughs> you, he you very need much that is. you need that 
You do, you do need that. And you can tell just off the year that they've had with the ups and downs and the adversity with losing Derek and uh, having the NFL record for guys on IR and shuffling around the roster. Like, I think it just speaks to like, he's very big on the small things, the details. I'm sure he got it from coach Belichick. Um, I know he's spoken about that. Hates being called, uh, what is it? Baby bill or do people call him that? No, I think somebody brought it up once and he kind of had that look in his face. Like, Hey, this will be the last time anybody calls me. So that's how you push his buttons. Yes. Yes. I would say that's how you push his buttons, dude, or ask about anything injury related and then keep asking it. Oh yeah. I noticed that. I tell you what, the way our friendship is when I'm not playing for him, I enjoy that relationship a lot more than when I am playing for him. Right. Um, around the building because that dude you do not want to be on the uh projector during a team meeting and i was i was a victim a lot last year since i like doing all my antics on social media we had to have a few conversations about it um but it's way better being on this side of it than in those team meetings with them um with with that team i keep wondering i said the pats have the highest floor not to go too far down the the road of football analysis with the guy who's playing but like that team culturally and the way they're built seems to not not fall through the bottom. Like you know, they have all these injuries. You Derrick Henry down. You 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 count on Julio. He's been out. They find ways. Like Foreman is r- rushing for the century mark. Um, th- they're getting you know Landry pass rush, Simmons pass rush. They're tough. Um, they're smart. They're kind of like New England, but but like a, a looser, more asshole brand. They're going to be a pain in the ass to play no matter who's hurt. Yeah, man. No, you were saying, you said it right. They're kind of like uh, that loose, assholeish brand of football that you're always going to get. I want to say that the thing that Vrabe does well is um, everyone speaks the same language there. Uh, you have to say, you know, things that he has in his verbiage, you have to say it that way or it's wrong. And he'll get on you and you'll, you'll be in a team meeting. There's a team meeting every morning uh, at the start of every day. It's Vrabel with the clicker. You're going over something, whether it's uh, the Friday tape where you're watching around the league every every penalty that might be in the gray area, um, every defender D-back uh, punching at the ball or yeah. swiping his hand, doing the big motion. Like There's so many little things that he constantly hits on, and he paints the way a clear vision of how that team's going to win games through uh, team keys every week and just paints that clear picture. And every day you can be on offense, defense, or special teams. If I'm a special teams player, I might have to answer an offensive team key. The entire team understands the formula of how they're going to win the game. And they preach it every day, um, you know, in the team meeting, in unit meetings, uh, after practice, when you call it up and you got to reset the team keys, like everybody knows exactly what their job is going to be and how they're going to get it done each and every week. And I think that is what speaks to their high floor uh, that you were saying, because Rave does such a good job of, of preaching those things. And yeah, he's definitely an asshole to be around a lot of the time. And you never feel like, what are they, 11 and five? I'm sure they don't even feel like they're an 11 and five football team right now because we went 11 and five last year in the regular season. And he does a good job of showing you the horse track video where the horses got blinders on and they're all around the same area. Um, they're like, this league is built for eight and eight um, in the middle of the pack and just continue to focus and trust the process and who's going to come out at the other end. Like you go through some grindy days there, but uh, it, it obviously it's working out well for them. So toughest practice coach you've played for because you've had Shanahan, you've had Vrabel, now you've got Basaccia. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Gruden, um, whose camp are you like, no, thank you? Oh, man, I would say... 
I would say uh, the Shanahan days, man, not even Shanahan because he lets up on you. They, they've all done it. Like I've been lucky in the camps uh, compared to what I've heard in the past. Like when I was on the Saints, and I went to their preseason game. Saints, four. no. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You, you, I noticed Before you were there for like nine, the, uh, nine days total. Yeah. I was like, and they were the best, they were the best nine days. Cause I just missed training camp and they were like, I was talking with Ziggy Hood and he was like, I was text him. I was like, Hey man, how do you like the saints? I think I'm coming down there for a workout and they want to sign me and stuff. And he was like, just be thankful that you missed out on training camp because this is the most brutal training camp I've ever had in my life. That is what I heard about new Orleans. James Laronitis went down there at the end of his career. Also shout out to James just ended up on Freeman staff, uh, at Notre Dame. Uh, and he said like whatever tread I had left on my tires was gone in within a week. I mean, this was his last stop. And that was one of the reasons in in free agency, not that New Orleans would ever have me, but at, when you're an older vet and you're like looking at certain places, you definitely factor in what you've heard about the camps and that sort of thing. 100%, bro. I heard that uh, Coach Payne would have those boys out practicing the day after a preseason game. <laughs> and when you go, when you, it's like, say, two days, you got to go two days without pads or something like that. There, I heard it's like, 48 hours it's not necessarily two days it's it's the next 48 hours that's when we're going to put the pads on mm-hmm. like these dudes were from what i heard they were just in and uh you know and not to, not to mention little, it's like oh, right, let's let's there, do a Taysom hill period where we just run our stuff like that sucks that's another thing about like if you're on a team that is physical offensively your practice is going to be harder if you're on a if you're on the steelers right now like they don't they don't stop the run like they they've been less physical defensively than they have you know been in the past and i can't help but think well they're practicing against a bunch of short passes and like spread them out stuff so it just depends on the team you're on and like if you're on new orleans and that camp is a motherfucker and and you roll into camp and Taysom hills the running with the ones not that he was with you but that is brutal to think about they're running oh, all that stuff yeah. 100 percent, dude the hard the hard part with uh Vrabel and like the titans camp is just that Vrabel's so so vocal and you know no one's above getting chirped or getting bullied by that dude. yeah that's so the bill belichick on thing. the field yeah on the field offense defense he's you know he's he's in your ass the entire time so that's probably the hard part um with <laughs> with the uh, titans ones but he does a great does a good job of taking care of guys especially like vets and stuff like that guys who have tread on their uh, a little tread left on the tire because Brave, he played 14 years and he'll remind you of that all the time and talk about how many Super Bowls he's won and everything else. Uh, but uh, I would say that was the hard part of uh, those camps. But you're right, man. Like when you're a vet, like for me going into this year, I knew I'd play for like three or four teams and that was it. Uh, because anywhere else, like I knew the transition of doing busting with the boys. I didn't want that to be a distraction or get in the way of anything that like a team had going on. Like if I wasn't familiar with the coaching staff and they weren't familiar with me, um, same with the players and everything else. I wanted to be somewhere or part of a culture where they kind of, um, they kind of knew what I was doing. So I wouldn't have to kind of reinvent myself or kind of put my head down and put it to the side and not do it because it's something that obviously, you know, now podcasting is something that can pay your bills when you're not playing football. No question. No question. Uh, uh, you had a list. Uh, <laughs> maybe your bills. Yeah, motherfucker. He, telling me all, this is your second stream of income. The big mystery in Tennessee. I'm not going to ask you to tell me what you know, but you're a big explosive athlete like Derrick Henry, and he's supposed to come back in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, from what I understand, he had a stress fracture, kind of just a, a bad stress fracture. He didn't like fully break it. 
Um, and he broke his foot. He, uh, it oh, wasn't all his friends. So it's a, he it's a break. Jones fracture. Anything foot related is brutal, but having a Jones fracture, I broke mine in Nebraska and I was out. I think I was back in like eight weeks, but I had to wear like a metal plate under my foot and we were playing Texas and it wasn't, it didn't feel, it, it wasn't the most comfortable injury coming back from. Um, I'm curious to see how Derek's going to be. Now that's somebody who trains his ass off in the off season and anything you see out there on Google or social media, uh, he is about it. And, uh, that dude is a workhorse. Yeah. So I know he's doing absolutely everything possible to get back. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing. Um, the good thing is he had a stress fracture. He didn't like break his fifth metatarsal right. all the way through. He, did, he got like a plate put in there just to support the healing process, but he didn't have like a, a big screw put in this uh, like, sew it back together. Um, so it seems like he's practicing from the reports and tweets I've seen. Yeah. I don't know how much weight that carries. Uh, but I think he'll be back in the playoffs. And I think he'll be. Man, I, I hope think he'll so. Be I hope so. And 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 I mean, maybe you don't hope so because maybe the Raiders end up playing the town. Because that's one guy you're like, yeah, it'd be nice if he would rest that foot. Um, speaking of your team, you get there uh, immediately, uh, and you guys stomp a logo. And I'm wondering, you know, with your history with the Titans, I saw you kind of on the, on the fringes of that whole deal before the Chiefs game. I'm wondering if that was a Will Compton special because you didn't look that passionate about stopping on the logo of the Kansas City Chiefs. No, I said, no, hey, with it being my first week, man, they're talking about going out there, like we're going to break it down on the logo and stuff. And I was like, shit, I don't know if that's the best move, but hey, if, we're, if that's what the boys want to do. Oh, we're going to rob a convenience store? Sure, I just got jumped in, but yeah, give me the shotgun. like. <laughs> exactly like i was out there in the middle of it but at the same time i'm kind of like you know i hope this i hope this shit works out boys let's do this you're like mouthing things uh, you know like you're not really that hey uh I, I i just couldn't help but wonder uh if maybe that was a will compton special but you guys are not the same old raiders like the raiders in the past and i mean like the brand of the raiders the last 20 years has been like this constant letdown when things when there's a chance to take advantage of the opportunity, the Raiders do not take advantage of the opportunity. It seems like this team is much different. Given everything you guys have been through, you know, coaching changes, tragedy, the whole thing, uh, a move. You know, Vegas is not easy. It's not easy during a pandemic. It's not easy the first year out of a pandemic for guys. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. What do you think the key is? Is it is it that leadership on staff? Is it Derek Carr? Like, what 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 do you think is in the heart and soul of this team that makes them a little bit different than the old Raiders teams. Well, man, they have went through a lot of a lot of shit this year, a lot of ups and downs and tragedy and and things that are a distraction and just a lot of different stuff. But I think from the top down, and you saw it when 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 Gruden got fired or stepped away, uh, they end up stringing out a couple wins the next two weeks. And uh, I knew Coach Basaccia, him stepping uh, at the helm, like I knew the guys wouldn't blink because Coach Basaccia is just one of those dudes that. You know, you want to he's one of those guys who has a hell of a speech anytime he talks, Chris, like yeah. no matter how long you're playing, you know, when you get older and guys are giving speeches or coaches or anything and you're kind of like, you know, you kind of just you kind of think to yourself, man, I'd be so hyped back in the day listening to this, but it kind of yeah. just doesn't do the same. doesn't scratch the itch for you anymore. Coach Basaccia is like one of those leaders um, just amongst men, dude. Everybody respects him. Uh, he has the respect of the entire locker room. And I think uh, when you've kind of persevered through these, through the back half of the season, the way the, that we have, um, it speaks to the coaching staff because after the Chiefs came, that was obviously 
a bad loss for us. And you kind of just reel everything in and you just go one day at a time, you know, the whole cliche where you bring it in. It's about us. It's about what you do each and every day. And I think the coaching staff between coach Masachi and on the defensive side with coach Gus Bradley and all those assistants. Oh, Rod. Chime in. Rod. Yeah. Dude, Rod. Have you had had Rod? No, but like Mike Waffle got, was my D line coach and, and spoke really highly of him. Like Rod and I've kind of known Rod like from a distance and he's just like a D line kind of Godfather kind of guy. So to have that guy, the intensity that he preaches, like, I feel like his groups just hunt. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they're just relentless. And that's why, that's why I like watching Max and unique or is it unique or Yannick? Cause we've been fucking this up. Oh, you idiot. How do you say idiot? 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 <laughs> well, now, are we... Are we? Tr- he doesn't even know that Taylor Lawson Williams Curtis. I don't know if I can trust him on <laughs> hey, Yannick. I knew that. I was put on the spot. I was nervous. I just forgot. It. Yannick, dude. Yannick, Yannick and Max and those guys, man, like, they hunt. They're, they're relentless. They play really hard. That's a Rod thing. Dude, Rod is like... And you know, I haven't been here long, and I've been in and out since I've been here, but just sitting and observing... It's like, again, the respect that players have for the staff on defense and Coach Pisaccia. And when Coach Rod speaks, when Gus speaks, um, they have a lot of good stuff that you take to the practice field and everything else. And there's a good group of dudes in that locker room. Like, I know that stuff's happened with this team and everything yeah. else. Uh, but the, uh, the cloth that everybody seems to be cut from in the locker room and just the camaraderie, like there's still several, a lot of familiar faces from when I was with the Raiders in 19 that they still have. Yeah. They were younger and rookies then, and now they've kind of grown and they're all the leaders. They're all the captains. And then you got a guy like Derek, like everyone stays tight, man. Everybody stays together. They don't blink when all this stuff happens, when, when something happens, tragedy strikes or anything. Uh, it's just a good group of guys. And again, not to be a downer with, um, my mom passed away recently, but yeah. every guy I not only got a message from, uh, but I was getting voicemails from coaches. I barely, I barely spent days with, and guys were familiar with me from being on the team in 19 and uh, familiar with the stuff I do off the field that um, guys, I guess have some familiarity with me, but just guys that I haven't even known long that are reaching out to me. And I've been in the building the last couple of days and the way guys like, you know, you have those hugs to where, you hug them, and then I'm kind of ready to step away. And they're the still hugging, like, yeah. They're just hugging the you good strong, bro hug. strong. The good like, bro hug, the man. Good, yes, the good bro hug. And, again, guys I just barely know and putting an arm around me and everything else. Like, this team is is exactly that, a team that, that fights side by side, and they're back-to-back with each other when we go out on the field. And um, I just think it speaks volumes, man. And them stringing together three games in a row after that, that ass beating we got from the Chiefs when it seems like, hey, we can easily – lay down our swords and give up and just ride the rest of the year out. Um, and doing it without Darren Waller and some key guys, I think it just speaks to the culture of the team. You, you talk about the bro hugs. Isn't it funny sometimes looking at players? If you see two players who hadn't seen each other in like a decade or like five years or even like six months, it, they attack each other. Like if they didn't plan on seeing each other. And I was thinking like business people don't do that. Like if you haven't seen a real estate agent in a while, you guys are like, hey, it's grateful. Yeah. (laughs) We are so physical. We are so physical. We're like a big Irish Catholic family. Like, you know, like NFL players just come here. Let me hug you. Like, um, yeah, but no, you you, you, you texted me and said, hey, 
hey brother i'm sending you a virtual bear hug and we vividly know what that looks like i know like. what it it's feels like, like you sent a virtual one but i knew what was happening and i would give you a hug like that day. man i, I know, like dude. and that's the thing is like that that seems like a group that draws together and i know it's been a long month for you i know you're podcasting your podcast drops today first one in a while busting with the boys um for the listeners your today our tomorrow um how hard was that to talk about this stuff? You've been really open about, I mean, you've done podcasts that are pretty personal. This one, I mean, it's not a drill. You, you had a tragedy happen and you lost your mom and I know it had to be tough. So how did that come out for you? Um, well, there, you know, you go through the first week um, of something like that. My mom, she died. There's a, she had a sudden blood clot and just like that, dude, I was texting. My mom and I were texting the, uh, an hour before I got the call talking about, Hey, I'm going to send you and Charo, my wife, um, a couple of small Christmas gifts before we said do our own Christmas in like January as a family, as a family. And she's like, I'm going to send you guys a couple of Christmas gifts. Like what's your address? We'll FaceTime you guys on Christmas morning with a couple heart emojis, just being a, a stellar mom. And, uh, that hour after that is when I got the call. So it was something that obviously you're not prepared for. Um, you're angry, you're emotional and, you're all of it, man. I mean, it's obviously been a tough few weeks for me or a tough couple weeks for me. Um, and then to go and, uh, test positive mm. and get on COVID and have the symptoms right when I get out here and then I have to quarantine mm. in this beautiful house of Austin's. Um, you just do, you know, I've done a lot of like writing. I cling to a lot of videos. I cling to a lot of like, uh, anything that anybody sends me of like wisdom or hope or you self mastery, any of that stuff. I, I like to cling to that stuff because it gives me, I find comfort in everything. And I was just kind of thinking about how are we going to run the podcast? And I was like, I'll, listen, I'll just get on the mic and, and kind of talk through everything because during uh, the tragedy and during like this whole grieving process, I've had a lot of people just reach out to me and talk about, what the pod has done for them, like what I personally um, have done on the little we've shared um, and people who have gone through a similar tragedy and losing a parent or losing a loved one and that have words of encouragement or wisdom for me. It's something that helped me a lot, um, whether or not I responded to that person or got to all the DMs or anything like that. So I feel like uh, being able to have a platform like Bustle with the Boys and having a podcast and, and being a voice for people that um, take things away from it. Um, I know I've been doing a lot of therapy with like marriage counseling and couples therapy and my own therapy throughout this past year. So I'm just, I'm big on wanting to get better at being vulnerable and talking through a lot of these experiences and a lot of these situations with people kind of having people feel whatever I'm saying, whether, you know, I'm tearing up for a second on the podcast or talking through it or talking through what I've done and just the way my, my mind's, my brain's tried wrapping it around the entire situation. Um, it's therapeutic for me. And if people are able to cling to that or get something out of that, um, I think is another, another big benefit. But, uh, so I talked to that stuff, man, it was obviously very tough. Um, talk about a lot of good things. We have a lot of good laughs as well. We talk about some current events stuff, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's kind of just an opportunity I wanted to take just to talk through it because people feel like they know you on a personal level when you have a podcast and you've been consistent week in and right. week out and everyone's coming around you and rallying around you. And I just, you know, I felt moved to, you know, want to talk through it and share everything that's been going on. Was it more emotional than you thought? Like, were you, you know, because <laughs> I, I would be so afraid to just let it loose. Like I've, you know, never been in a situation like that, but you know, like talking about opening up on into the microphone is fucking, 
it's hard. You do feel vulnerable. I can only imagine, uh, you know, like it, it's, it's, ins you're so strong to be able to do that is what I mean to say. Like, you know, I'm not just blowing smoke to be able to do that two, three weeks afterwards. Uh, you know, I commend you for that because there are a lot of people that listen to these, these things. I mean, uh, some days we're like, what the fuck are we doing? You know, but, right. <laughs> but then you, you meet somebody who says something to that effect and we share messages and we're like, damn, okay, we're doing something right. And I'm sure your, your podcast today, as people are listening, you've changed somebody's life or helped somebody out, but was it more emotional than you thought? Uh, yeah, it was the, 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 the first few minutes were hard kind of getting through and you kind of just have to pause for a second uh, because I didn't want to get on there and, and just go with what was like coming to my, to my brain. I, I, I had written a lot of stuff down that I wanted to kind of hit on and talk about uh, because I knew if I stumbled at some point, it would be hard to kind of keep that emotion in check and think about what the next thing was other than being like, yeah, man, I just, I don't know. It's crazy. And just continuing to say it's crazy over and over because it's such a hard thing to wrap your mind was it around. Just you talking, um, just you talking on this. This is a solo. <clears throat> yeah. It was basically just like this. Like I had the guys on the bus and I kind of ran it like, uh, you know, the way Portnoy does when he has Eddie kind of guide him through an episode. I had one, uh, I had our producer, Alex Legos kind of, uh, keep me structured with everything. And I just kind of talked through, um, you know, the, the things that have unfolded recently with my mom and everything and then stuff with the Raiders and everything like that. But yeah, it was just me sitting just like this stream on StreamYard. Well, hats off and to you, was. man. I mean, like you, you, uh, yeah, I can only imagine it, it was probably tough to get through, but help some people I'm sure. Yeah. The, the, the tough part is like, um, there's no one in this room, so you can't really feel anybody around you, uh, when emotions are starting to come like to your nose, to your eyes and everything else. And you kind of just got to sit there in it. And, and, uh, it was, it was, it was more difficult than I thought it'd be. Um, but I am glad that I did it, uh, because I got to talk through some situations again that were tough and, um, you know, allow people, allow people in a little bit, because again, they feel like they know you with this podcast. And I feel like I grab inspiration from like, you know, the, I am athlete podcasts and, and those positive where guys have been vulnerable and you see actual tears and guys mm -hmm. talking through stuff. And I know, I know when I'm watching it, um, whether I post about it or anything else, I'm like legitimately getting something out of it. I'm like, man, this is really cool that they're sharing that they must feel extremely vulnerable. And you kind of don't want people to see that side of you. And, um, I know, it, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, it helps me. So if somebody can sit there and listen to whatever I'm saying and feel the same way, I feel like that's, that's where a lot of the benefit comes. But is but it, yeah, man. is it hard? Do you find it hard to like, I prefer in person, like, you know, we do everything on zoom because of where we live, but is it, is it harder to make a connection to a guest over, you know, like you and I know each other, so we're going to shoot the shit. We're going to talk. Um, but I feel like it's hard to have some heavy conversations with people over like the internet. I, you know, like it I prefer yeah. that I am an athlete kind of setup. I, you know, I think those guys ha, ha, or had a real thing going. I guess, I guess Channing and uh, Fred are going elsewhere. They broke off. I saw that. Yeah, which looks like it's going to be a good I pod. I saw that. But I love that in person. That, that in person stuff is really hard to, to replicate. Yeah, that's why, you know, we love getting people on the bus because, you know, it's just different. You know how it is. Like when you're, when you're on Zoom, you have some structure within some questions and maybe some notes and stuff, and you're just hoping that, the guest does a good job feeling that it's that they're comfortable and that they should be comfortable and everything else. Like if you get in person, the first thing is like you walk in the shop and you get to dap somebody up and have that bear hug that we talk about. And guys just kind of feel your energy that, 
you know, this isn't going to be anything more than just a conversation. Yeah. Let out, say whatever you want to say. We'll edit out whatever you want to edit, whatever you want to edit out and just let it all ride. But I feel like just that kind of connection and just being in person. And again, that energy you're able to give off by patting somebody on the shoulder, or just being stoked at the there being like, Hey, you want something to drink or have a few jokes before the pod starts. And you kind of just feel that good energy before you get going, but it's way harder to do, you know, a zoom and everything else, because again, they pop on, you don't, it's just a, it's just a vibe that is hard to replicate when you're in person. Are you going to be okay with us having an RV at, uh, at the Super Bowl? Because we literally were looking at options for doing content. And the problem is, I mean, it's quite literally impossible to tell somebody LA is like Miami, right? Yeah. All over the fucking place spread out, like takes an hour to get everywhere. Like we need a mobile studio. And at first I said, Hey guys, I don't want to be, I don't want to be stepping on Will Compton's toes here. I'm on his corner. Like, so what do you think about us having an RV? We'll call it RV. We won't call it a bus. Like maybe we could park our buses next to each other. If you're not playing in the Super Bowl, will you be at the Super Bowl? Will you have the bus at the Super Bowl? We're trying to figure that stuff out. I would love to be in the thick of it, man. I think we learned a lot of good stuff traveling to Nebraska and Tennessee this year. Um, finding a spot that just has some electricity to plug everything in. Uh, but no, man, you got to do your thing, bro. Like oh, there we go. Um, you have you do a lot. You do a lot better at being more current and cur- talking current events and actually talking about what's going on in the football world. I would like to do that stuff. It's just so right, hard. To, right now, it's I'm hard more, to do that, bro. Like you can't. I, yeah. I have a hard time doing that. I really do. I these guys will tell you. Like I am constantly worried about pissing off players. Not because I give a fuck what they think, but I don't want to be misconstrued or be like come across as a hater or like, you know, but it's a challenging deal to like break down the winners and losers every Sunday. And like there's issues like A, B, there's issues, you know, former teammates, you know, things pop up. That's going to be a whole nother animal when, when you, but I think you'll be really good at it whenever you make that transition. It's different though. I, I hope so. I know something that I, I never really, I never want to get away from is, is just having those like personal connections with yeah. guys, whether I got to travel to them or they're, they're traveling to the bus in the off season. Um, but you're right, man, dude, I, I was wondering that, like if you battle with those things on speaking on current topics, cause we talked a little, we talked about the AB stuff yesterday too. And it's, you never want to be taken out of context and nobody ever wants to be misunderstood. And you never want to be like, I'm sure you deal with the same things. Like it's not like we're trying to be some pod that has like certain hot takes or we're trying to say things and put our flag in the ground. You kind of just want to talk through situations based on experiences that we've had. Um, And at the same time, you don't want to piss anybody off because you want to still have those good connections because we want to be a platform that, you know, empowers players and and highlights players and spotlights what they do off the field and being outside of the helmet. Um, but yeah, how difficult is that, man? That's really hard how because we pissed Buda Baker off a couple weeks ago. I'll give you an example. Like Buda Baker. Uh, the Chris car- Long doesn't know Buda Baker. That was the tweet in all caps. And I was like, oh, fuck, this guy's mad at me. Like, I don't even know him. Like, I actually think he's a great player. We weren't even talking shit about Buda, but we were having fun with the fact that Andy Dalton caught him. Like, you know, the problem is sometimes you know you respect an athlete and you assume yes. that respect is assumed. And like you go into the mode of like, I'm busting this guy's balls like we're in a locker room together and we've never met. You know, like if you had a teammate right. get caught by Andy Dalton, even if Andy had a good angle, I don't even want to say he got caught by Andy Dalton, but you would be like, you would bust his chops. That's like a classic thing to do in a locker room. 
But Buddha yeah. saw it, and what I had said was he doesn't have a pick six yet, but I didn't do a good job of articulating that, and there's a technicality there. He has a touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings. Thank you, Buddha. <laughs> um, so he saw our social and quote tweeted it with like all caps, Chris Long doesn't know Buddha Baker. <laughs> And I'm like, fuck, we got a problem on our hands. Like, you know, because I can't tell if this guy is is serious or not. I, I'm like, does he know I'm kind of fucking around? So I'm reaching out to guys I know that play for the Cardinals. Like, what's this guy like? Is he cool? Like, does he think I'm being a dick? Like this, that, and the third. Eventually, what you do is you just reach out. You know, I reached out to Buddha and I was like, hey, man, respect your game. Otherwise, I wouldn't even bust you. But if I didn't like you, I wouldn't even joke about it. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, and we had a good little conversation and we said, uh, your first pick six will be donating six G's to a 501c3 of your choice. You make it right with money. And then, uh, and then, you make it right with money. And by the way, he almost had a pick six this weekend against Dallas, read a screen pass. He was too fast. He read the screen pass. He was in there too quick. Speaking of current events in football, let's say, I don't know if you've thought of this in your head before, but the Jaguars beat the Colts. <laughs> Because anything is possible when you when you're talking about the Indianapolis Colts, you just watch your favorite team play them, your team play them. I called him your favorite team because he had COVID. <laughs> he was watching on TV. <laughs> Dog, I felt like a, I felt like a JV kid watching the varsity. <laughs> like, hell yeah, the boys won. Man. Go, go, Max. Um, but let's say the Jags they they plant their flag at home and they're like, "Fuck this, we've had enough. We need a Daryl Bevel led win." Um, and they beat the Colts. You know. Then at that point, what is it? If if the Raiders and the Chargers tie, well, no, they if if the Jags win and the Steelers lose, Raiders could lose and be in, I believe. But to oversimplify it, but yeah, you're correct that if the Jaguars win and then the Raiders and the Chargers tie, tie you're both, both in. The Raiders and There's Chargers no risk. So are you going to be supportive of like everybody taking knee? Like we just <laughs> like like if the Jags win, and by the way, so people know we you you motherfuckers will be having one eye on that Jags game. Like everybody does. There's TVs in the locker room. Like that doesn't mean you're camped out in front of them. I don't know about Allegiant, but we always had TVs. And late in my career, when I was actually on playoff teams, I was like watching the other games leading up. I can remember before we played in the the the, the NFC Championship against the Vikings, um, watching the Jags and the Patriots, hoping the Jags won. Like, are you going to be right. watching the Colts game, and will you be supporting Tygate? I think I think the the better question to ask is, do we win in the tiebreaker? Do the Raiders win in the tiebreaker to have a better oh, see, yeah, better that's seed? a good question. We'll get research we do, on that. Yeah. If we do have the if we win the tiebreaker, I wouldn't mind it just for the content that would come off of it. You know what I'm <laughs> Great saying? Like, content. <laughs> We're living in the world of content now. Totally. As long as we have the tiebreaker, I'll be up for the boys. Hey, like guys, let's just take a knee. Like let's just let's save our bodies. Let's get to the playoffs and let's uh, let the chips fall where they may. Well, I think the game I'm going to keep an eye on because all we got to do is win and we're in. Yeah. But if the Texans, I, I believe, if say you know say that everybody wins what they're supposed to win, the Colts beat the Jags. Honestly, the Chiefs win their game. But if the Texans beat the Titans. The Titans would then fall to the two seed, and I there I think we win and in we get to play the Titans Ooh. in the first in the first round of the playoffs. Revenge that's, game. That's something. Yeah, that's something that I'll keep my own because I would not love nothing more than to flip the bird to Vrabel, you know, as we beat their as <laughs> oh, we beat and their just and just goal. obliterate Taylor Lewan in the face because I saw the rep in college where he was trying to he was like dirty and late. 
and he was hitting you after the play. Do you remember this rep that you posted? Yes. Yeah. So yes, if you get an opportunity, you just need to be like Basaccia. Like, let me run downhill yeah. and just, I mean, right. forget about the play. Like you and Taylor meet. That would be awesome. A Will Compton revenge game. Okay. I'll do another one for you. DPOY. Who is it? Because last night I feel like TJ Watt locked that thing up. Dude, how do you not really pick TJ Watt, especially yeah. after that, bro? I thought he was going to get another sack to break the record right there, right there at Pittsburgh. But um, I think it's tough, man, because he's only played, what, 12 games? Yeah. Yeah, well, Dude, uh, he's played four, 14, I think, or 14. or He's played 14, so he could have 15 games, 22, or 23 and a half sacks. He plays the Ravens, who the Ravens will give the cookies up, no matter who's quarterback. You know, like, if yeah. it's Lamar, he's not. they're not going to play Lamar. I wouldn't play Lamar. They're not in. Oh, uh, you're telling me there's a chance. Ravens have a path. Ravens have a path. Okay, Lamar will it's a play. a narrow path. I think he breaks the record this weekend. I want to talk to you about another defensive end, Max Crosby, or another edge rusher who's one of my favorites. Stud. I mean... 2X. How frustrating is it for him? He terrorizes people. He should have 15 sacks. Thankfully, know, they know. gave him his fucking his flowers and put him in that Pro Bowl. But my man, I mean... He affects the passer way more than the stat sheet even says. Yeah, bro. Max is, he's one of the best, man. He really is. The dude is like, uh, he's fun to be around in the building. Um, super serious about his game. Um, another guy, another disciple of Rod Marinelli absolutely would die for coach Rod. Um, but he's one of those dudes, man, even in practice, like him and Yannick, they just feed off of each other. I feel like the whole D-line and the defense feeds off those guys, but they feed off of each other even in walkthroughs, bro. You know, I'll wear my little scout team jersey. I'll be a tight end, and I'm out there trying to body Max. Oh, you're doing scout team tight end right now? Yeah, in the walkthroughs, like when you're servicing the other team because you know you're late in the year. You kind of break up offense, defense, and, uh, you know, I'm out there throwing me a jersey, like be the tight yeah, end. Yeah, the more you can try. do. The more you can do, man. Like I'm out there trying to get this squad ready to go. You're the man. And I know bro. if I'm block, if I'm blocking Max, like you know, you're having your like little fun, fun yeah. little battles. Like I'll put yeah. my hand in the ground and be like, I hope you're ready for this shit. Yeah. Dude. And I'm like really trying to get after him. But him and Yannick, bro, they they go hard even in walkthrough. Yeah. And um, I just try and match their energy and everything else. But Max is an incredible dude. On top of being a good player, I mean, hell, he's been a. Uh, He's big on talking about his sobriety and everything else. The guy yeah. is all time, man. And I think he's going to have a hell of a career, even in podcasting. I, I think he's, he's going to be a great. He's a blue too. wire guy, man. Me and Max got to do some stuff. I love that motherfucker. And then um, on top of that, maybe one of the most athletic red-haired players in the in the history of the NFL. <laughs> think about that. Position players. How many can you even name that are as dominant as Max Crosby? Would you say he has red hair? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, something. Max. Yeah, you'd say. You'd say You'd say Max is a. Uh, I wouldn't a call him a ginger. I wouldn't call him a ginger. He's too badass to be a ginger. Yeah, well, he gives him a good name though. Somebody that uh, just had, puts a bad taste in my mouth. Bad taste in my mouth because not only are they red hair, but they're also just just an ugly, nasty dude. Is a uh, old boy down in uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, Ryan Jensen. God, I Ryan hate that Jensen. Guy, hey, listen, I respect it, but goddamn, if I wouldn't be in some pointless shoving match with him if I still played. Like, I remember one God. time Jensen, I think, was looking at the Rams, and I was like, goddamn, practice is gonna be just like annoying as hell all <laughs> August. Like, all I could, all I heard about it. No, it wasn't the Rams. It maybe it was a team I was on. He was looking at, and uh, I was like, no, thank you. I mean, I know he's probably a great player, but net negative for your boy. 
Sonny Jurgensen. Sonny Jurgensen. There he is. Is he a Washington football team guy? Yeah, there you go. Okay, there's a good segue into the Washington football team because there's some current event stuff here. Um, Will Compton spent a long time in Washington, and uh, they're going over this name debate right now. I'm wondering if you have any uh, horse in the race, dog in the fight, admirals, senators. Do we we have a short list? There you go. uh, Yeah, Mike's got it. Admirals, Armada, Brigade. (laughs) Commanders, Defenders, Presidents, Red Hawks, Red Hogs, and Sentinels. Do they know that, speaking of peace, that hog is also a... Hog, bro. Yeah, look at that thick hog doing down there. <laughs> <laughs> he said that like he really says that to people. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't. It's the first time I've said that sentence. Um, no, dude, I, I don't think dudes, the, dudes that just have a, a huge sack, you know, it's just, it's easy to say <laughs> that dude's got a hog on right there. So no, so no entry. Red Hogs is out. You, you really, what I really, I think I like Red Hogs the most. Yeah, God, I agree. Here's what I'm, here's what I really want to talk to you about. I don't know if you saw the franchise quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, nearly get crushed to death by his own fans at FedEx field. Um, I was wondering if you think that that stadium should be, uh, imploded as badly as we think that stadium should be imploded, like how dangerous yes. was it to play at that palace of poop? Yeah, that stadium is a liability, man. It needs to be torn down yesterday. I think it needs to be blown up. We need to have cameras there. It needs to be an event and everybody just lights it up and does what they want. Like after they blow it up, people can get close and do their own vandalism to it. I think Will Compton just called in a bomb threat to FedEx Field. (laughs) Honestly, they should do a a bad field. Yeah, it's a Chernobyl situation, man. It's it's a total (laughs) Chernobyl. They need to put like tarp over it and have it sit there for 15 years. But that place is a dump. They had diarrhea coming out of the pipes earlier this year. Did you see that? No. Whoa, you didn't see that? See, this is why you need to do current event stuff. Some of the fans were getting doused with diarrhea. A pipe burst. And it was sewage, and it was like the third quarter of one of these games. It's like 16, 14 oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, dude. People were getting doused with the with the brown sauce. Oh, yeah, it doesn't dude. surprise me. It, it, it like, you know, there's there's so many, so many things you could talk about with the Washington organization. Another thing I do want to bring to light too is they did my boy Ryan Kerrigan wrong by not doing anything for him. Um, of him making his comeback to FedEx Field. I thought that oh. was wrong and that they should have highlighted my boy. Wow, they just keep stepping in it. They just keep stepping in it, bro. They need like a and fucking better PR firm, like an advisor. They I need know. like an advisor. They, Dan Snyder needs a mentor. <laughs> yeah, that's the least of what he needs on that list. He needs a lot of different things. Yeah, he and needs I can, I can. I feel like I can just say that now because you know I'm on the back end. This is, you know, who knows how dysfunctional how was it, so. bro? Because I've been on some fucked up teams. Dysfunctional. I mean, the things that you I would hear after the fact um, is just kind of mind blowing, but also not not necessarily surprising. I mean, we'd be we'd be in situations. I know we'd have like team movies during training camp where you'd go out as a team and watch a movie. Like some of the actors would be there and everything else. And, and uh, oh, you got the actors at your team movies. Yeah. A couple actors. Like it was, who? Um, the, uh, have you seen hell or high water? Hate the movie. Nope. Everybody loves it. You hate, hate the movie, the movie? Hate hell the movie high, bro. High it's water. so fucking now. I love Jeff okay, Bridges. How about, how about, hang on. How about contraband? 
Contraband, who's in that? Mark, I don't like Mark Wahlberg a whole lot. Left the Super Bowl early I, when I was on the Pats. He probably doesn't the, remember uh, that I was on the Pats, but Taylor Kitsch, he's been there, and then the blonde-haired cat that uh, acted with Mark Wahlberg. He's also an alpha dog. He's like the crazy brother. Now he's, he's good. In Heller High Water. He's good. He's, he's good. He's ben Foster. Brother. Ben Foster. He's good. He was in the, yeah. the movie about the uh, the Navy SEALs or uh, Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. Um, he's good. Now everybody was good in that, but I have a few problems with Hell or High Water. Number one, and by the way, that beats the hell out of Invictus. Uh, Steve Spagnola took us to watch Invictus in 2011. More Matt Damon <laughs> uh, movie about uh, Australian rules football or something. I mean, terrible South African accents. No actors. Matt what? Damon didn't show up. But the problem with Hell or High Water <laughs> is, bro. They're supposed to be white trash enough to be Robin Banks. No white trash motherfucker has hair like that guy. And I'm not talking about Ben Foster. I'm talking about the other guy. His hair was impeccable. His lettuce was just perfect. And he was dressed well, that's like... That's what you hated the movie about? No, I also hated the, 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 the dialogue between Jeff Bridges and his partner in the truck. Like, so overdone. So overdone. <laughs> Yo, I love you like Yellowstone, movie, too, don't I, you? I love Yellowstone. God, <laughs> somebody check his palate. But what's wrong with Yellowstone? It's a fucking soap opera. What about Succession? Love it. We like there Succession. You go. We're okay. good on Succession. Have you seen First you know, Kid with Sinbad? But hang on. Yellowstone is just like Succession. No, it is not, dude. I thought that for two it and a half. It is too with violence. <laughs> no, dude. Now, the Succession's full of some dumb, entitled motherfuckers, but the Duttons are 300 IQ points below them. Like it's just it's it's a soap opera, bro. It's it, but you were talking about a, a movie where 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 they brought they brought people the, the training camp. Y'all went to a movie. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have to we'll have to get back to who these people actually were after the season's yeah. over, and we can you know I'll give the I'll give better details because I have some good stories coming out of there. But the higher ups, you can assume who they are. Um, just trash right in front of us, like in the front row. And they're like, they're like yelling at each other, like, shut, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Like waving their finger and putting it on the other's mouth and stuff like that. Just like <laughs> during just a like, movie, during a movie. What's like, the point? Like a business meeting that went bad. Like everybody's going in and enjoying the movie. And these dudes are, are 10 sheets into the wind, like just showing up and Jonathan just Allen like, situation kind of, yeah, kind of loud and obnoxious in front of you. And you're just like, what in the hell is going on? But we never really seen the higher ups, um, at Washington. We did with Scott McClune. I thought McClune was awesome. He was cool. Um, I thought a lot, I thought a lot of stuff happened there that probably shouldn't have happened on um, the way that they kind of ran him out. Um, and it kind of, uh, that wasn't the same as when it was like coming, being on the Raiders. You see the higher ups around you. You see Mayock around you. He's he's amongst the players a lot. He's talking to the guys. He has relationships with the shout guys. Shout out to Mike Sam Mayock. John, shout out to Mike Mayock. Oh, dude. And then also J Rob at the Titans. Yep. The dude is out there being a scout team uh, player. He's servicing guys during individual drill and just yeah. he had mm -hmm. relationships and McClune would be out there and have relationships with guys, but you just never really saw anybody outside the players or coaching staff around when I was at Washington, but it was, um, it was definitely a dysfunctional place and everything that has came out since I've been there. It's kind of just like a head scratcher and kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Do you, um, do you remember your reaction the first time you saw, were you in the tunnel when Kirk went, uh, when uh, you like that, you were there that day, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was there, bro. That was um, actually that was that was when I got to uh, start taking over in the starting job. Uh, so that that was actually a memorable game because we had a huge comeback that day against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Wow, you were there for you like that. You saw RG three. You played with RG three the whole thing. I think RG three. Yeah. I think we played it against each other in 2013. Y'all came to St. Louis, yeah, or beginning Man, of the you season. Guys came to, then you guys. Well, we also came to you, but you 2013. Guys came to us. Okay, coin so flip. The coin flip, which we we'll get to. I was. A, I was. I was practice squad in 2013. So okay, so 13, y'all came to us, and we played RG3, and I just remember thinking, oh, yeah, this guy's for real. Like, he, he's pretty good. But the next year, or two years later, we came to y'all's place, and do you remember the coin toss? The ca- all the people you guys traded for him in the draft for the captains? Yeah, do you, do you think it was a good idea? I love that. That's all-time. That's That should be – that's an all-time chirp right there. It's his brainchild right there. Yeah. You're, you're talking that to the you? mastermind. Yeah, I told, I told Fish. I told Jeff Fisher <laughs> – 30 minutes before the game because I was a captain. I was like, hey, Jeff, you know what I think you should do, Fish? Is like, you know, just as a, hey, look what we have here, motherfucker. Like, we trot everybody out. But of course, that was all for naught because we ended up being seven and nine or eight and eight or whatever it is. And we played into the stereotype. But uh, I remember thinking, fuck. Six and 10. Six and 10. Well, we didn't want to play too much into the stereotype. Did did, did RG3 react that day? No, not that I can remember. I mean, I was so that was like one of my starts, and you can look it up if you want to. I don't know if you guys want to give me credit here, but I'll go ahead and do it myself. Start a lot of games, tackles. dude. I had 15 tackles that game, so um, I had a solid day. But I was nervous the entire time. That was like one of my first starts, so um, I don't remember his reaction, and I don't even remember hearing about it until after the game. Um, but that's an all-time move, bro. And I want to say Coach Fisher gave you credit when he came on the bus. And was talking about some of the memories. Oh, we had some good, coach, we, we had some good times, bro. He was a big fan of yours. I love fish, and I've bro. just heard I've heard about you through like obviously I was locker mates with Darren Bates. We were neighbors. Oh, that's in the locker my room. dude, bro. Yeah, you and Bates. And once I knew you and Bates are cool, I was like, yeah, this Compton guy is cool because Bates is about the coolest teammate you could ask for. Also, shout out to the raw room uh, since we're plugging pods. Hey, were you there for D'Angelo Hall and D Hop? Yes, I was. Where were you standing? Recount that for people because Macon didn't even know this happened. We were doing one-on-one, so we were off with the running backs on the other field when it ha- when it went down and happened. And I don't I didn't see the actual footage until after practice and it was like it was one of those things, man. I love D Hall, bro. And D Hall, he talks he's talked about I think on Good Morning. He's Football. cool, bro, for a hokey, bro. He's cool for a hokey. Bro, I got dude, no he, issues with D Hall, bro. Love D Hall, man. Um, he's actually the first dude I ever smoked with. My my first ever no weed experience was with the, was with the Angel Hall. Tell my, us about my that. 27, my twenty seventh birthday, uh, D Hall. You know, peer pressure got the best of me, and um, we went out one night. Shouldn't have went out. This is my first experience ever um, getting high on anything. And um, we're standing first and foremost. We're standing in an elevator to go to get down in the parking garage. We don't leave the elevator for five minutes thinking we're going down the entire time. We're just standing <laughs> in this elevator. <laughs> and, and a couple a couple comes over and pushes the button. Yes, the door happened open. to me last week. <laughs> yeah. And they get on, they get on with us, and we're just we just all start busting out laughing. <laughs> and we go out that night and I just remember sitting in like a club thinking, like, yo, I need to get out of here. Like I need to go home. Like this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't at all the experience I thought it'd be because my eyes are dried out. My contacts are starting to try and fall out. I'm trying to get water. Oh, that's the like, worst. Uh, when I play, when I play PlayStation to- and I'm playing stoned, it, my contacts want to jump out of my eyeballs, dude. It's so dry. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, man. And like people are trying to talk to you and talk about being uh, on the, being a football player and you just have no clue what to say and you just want to get out of there. 
so that was my uh, first experience um, smoking with, and it was with the Angel Hall. So you were a late bloomer. Down. You were a late bloomer. I was a late. I thought I was a late bloomer. My first experience was two thousand and whenever we played in Boise in that fucking bowl game, mm. Christmas Eve two thousand four. Uh, watching Bring It On <laughs> in Boise, Idaho, <laughs> which is a awesome. tremendous film. Uh, but yeah, that first one, you never forget it. You weren't like a d- degenerate at, at, at Nebraska. You were kind of a good, were you just on the sauce? Uh, no, no, I wasn't a degenerate. I was like, I look back and I wish, I wish I would have been more, um, loose about how I was. I was one of those guys who was just gung-ho about football, gung-ho about uh, being a teammate. Not that it's a bad thing to be a great teammate, but I was just one of those dudes. I wish I was a bad teammate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I wish I was more of a, a shitty teammate, yeah. uh, but I was just straight lace, man. I didn't really, I didn't go out a whole lot unless it was in the off season, even in the off season. Like I was just one of those meatheads dude that loved ball and was like, I'm, you know, I'm straight and narrow. I'm getting to the league and doing all this stuff and doing things the right way. But, uh, um, I, I only drank up until 27, man. And then that was kind of my first experience with, uh, the old THC, the marijuana, a change your life. Your drinking goes down a million percent. I used to, you 100%. know, yeah, I used to be on the sauce a lot harder until it became more, uh, cause when I first got in the league, it was hard to find like good weed. Like, you know, now, you know what strain it is. You know where it came from. You know what THC percentage. You know if I want to go to sleep or if I want to go to a goose concert. Like I know what actually I, everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. And now it's it's just um, it's 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 changed. You were also in Washington with Sean McVay. Was he as jacked when he was an OC, or has he gotten on <laughs> he some like LA stuff? I'm sure he's gotten on some LA stuff out there, but he's always been a fit individual. McVay, dude, he was. Uh, he was all time, man. Like having those guys, him and LaFleur, Shanahan all around each other. Like what a staff we had uh, back in Washington. And then whenever he became an OC, like he's just fun to be around, dude. He's always, he's talking ball. He's talking off the field, life off the field. Like he's just a good dude to be around. Has funny stories. He was a good little quarterback himself coming out of high school. He, wasn't he like the Gatorade player of the year over like, yeah. um, I forget who, somebody big, maybe Matt Stafford. How about Taylor and Cincy? Uh, Taylor in Cincy, Coach Taylor was a football player. I didn't know that. Like, there's a bunch of these coaches yeah. that I like. When I find out, I suddenly and this is fucked up. I'm like, okay, I'll listen. You know, like, all right, you play. You know what I mean? Which is a stupid thing to say. Also, another thing that's changed for Will since Washington, and this is great that we both have talked about this openly. You far more than me somehow. Your teeth were absolutely <laughs> fucked up, bro. I've had some fuck. I've had some fucked up choppers my whole life, and I finally got on that Invisalign, and now I'm like, you know, you had too much space. I had no space. My teeth were like sardines in there, and now I can floss yeah, and bro. the whole. How good do you feel to just smile and look fucking sick now, dude? You, you see it, man. Like I it's the it. greatest investment. It's the greatest investment <laughs> I've ever made in my life, and I don't think twice about it. I thought twice about it getting it because everybody's like oh it'll take away from your personality this that and the other dude fuck that old personality man <laughs> you <laughs> got a great per- your no, personality bro. bro you don't need fucked up teeth to have a personality uh and and like w- i mean veneers yes yeah veneers the porcelain veneers bro i had like those little chiclet teeth man that <laughs> you know everybody i didn't wear a mouthpiece or i don't really wear a mouthpiece so i would ship it even more during football and everyone would have the most jokes. Like I had little kid teeth. It looks like, you know, you walk in a third grade classroom uh, chairs are all over the place. 
Uh, hey, comp your mouth. Looks like it's a, Fucking. a, a blitz the coaches just put in. <laughs> <laughs> John Madden drawing up a fucking a zero pressure. Aaron rookie, ru- try like rookie Aaron Donald making fun of your teeth. Like you know, like that's what I had. Like I was like, fuck. I usually would just put this rookie in his place, but he's better than me. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. When somebody's got yeah. jokes, you kind of got to figure out like a a good like play it off deal, especially. And I was self conscious about it. I don't know about you, but I was self conscious about my teeth. You did a good job acting like you're not. Yeah, I think like growing up with because I've always had the raspy voice and I've always had the teeth. Um, you kind of just are forced to grow thick skin and learn because I was I was insecure about them like growing up. Um, and now that I have kind of like I, I've came into my own with the haircuts and everything else, where I look back in college and I'm just like, what in the fuck was I doing? How I stupid did we going, look? God, I was legitimately going to like like. Uh, you know, super cuts on a Tuesday for like $8 haircuts or $10 haircuts and be like, give me a two on the sides and a little bit longer on top. And I just look so ridiculous, man. And give me that simple Jack the, haircut. Give me that simple yes, Jack, bro. bro. God. And then you get in with uh you get a little more savvy. You get a little more, more culture with your black teammates and they're just putting, you <laughs> Definitely. On, they're putting you on game a little more, the Jordans and everything else. You just, you're open to a whole new life outside of what I grew up thinking. Our producer, uh, one of our producers just went to a black barbershop for the first time. It like he walked in accidentally. He did not know. Um, and he's not black. And, and no, no. Well, now he just commands the room better. I mean, his <laughs> command went up like 15 Madden points since, uh, since he got that haircut. So have you ever worn straight out of Compton gear, either ironically or unironically? Yeah. I, when, um, when I was in Washington, I ordered like I had this fit where I had like the straight out of Compton tee, the NWA hat, because when I started to play and our defense started to play better, um, you attributed it to your us. playing. They were branding like us in the papers as like RWA Redskins with attitude and this, that, and the other. Oh so my god! No, they didn't. Yikes! Yikes! Like a triple <laughs> um, yikes, yeah, bro! Yeah. What? 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 I'm what? Pretty, what fucking, I'm sure. Like the I'm Washington sure Post? Article, the Washington Post. <laughs> I'll find it for you because it's one of my favorite articles because it's like me. Like I look like a blur. I'm running so fast and we had a good game. And it's one of those, one of those newspapers that you're like, man, I want that. Cause that was like the come up for me a little bit. Oh, that's um, good. I'll try and find that for you. I'll try and find that for Please you. Please do. Well, my man looks awesome. Now the teeth look great. Um, we can, I mean, I can make fun of my old teeth. I still have a couple weeks left of Invisalign, but this guy looks, I mean, fuck the personality thing. He's still got it. Um, I want to finish with, with, you know, a general podcasting question. Are there people on your wish list? Uh, is there somebody that you're like, I need that person on the bus? Hey, you know who I went on the bus, Chris. We you went back say and me. Forth me. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. going. I'm going. Has to be on the bus. I'm going to the bus. I me. Can, can I bring so. Macon? Absolutely. Absolutely bring Macon. Macon, will and you, will you guys, go on the bus with me? Yes. Our guys can bitch together about what they get paid and everything else. Dude. <laughs> Your guys are not going to like hearing about making guys. <laughs> guys negotiated himself a Taysom Hill deal here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fuck, dude. Uh, but you always have. Okay, I, I texted Bates. I asked him. I said, hey, "Bus, I want to bust Will's balls about something. Like, give me something." He's like, "Bro, he is obsessed with Jake Paul." Okay. You really? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> obsessed with Jake Paul, dude. Do you think Jake Paul, what he's doing is pretty impressive? What he's doing is impressive. Um, you know, at times I'm a hater, and at times I'm like, it is good shit that they're, the Paul brothers have found a way to just kind of 
make life their own because that's what they've done. And I've wanted him to fall every step of the way. I can admit that as a man, but um, seeing him do the stuff for the UFC and kind of be for the fighters and stuff, you kind of, you turn over a new leaf for him. And then he does something to where he's coming at somebody's wife or girlfriend and being the most disrespectful motherfucker out there. And then you just, well, you're just like, I want to see this dude go down. He needs yes. his ass whooped. Yes. Um, but it hasn't happened, dude. I don't know what the, what about a Mike Chandler, Jake like? Paul fight. Oh, would love that dude. Mike Chandler's there's such polar opposite human beings from what I've seen of Jake Paul. Like Mike is as good as they come man. And the, the greatest perspective, he's one of the, those dudes that have like, He'll have his own philosophy, I feel like, one day, where he'll have a book, and he's just got wisdom and insight that just gives you a different perspective on looking at negative shit that goes on. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Mike Chandler, dude. And he'd beat up Jake Paul, you think? I think he's taking Jake Paul. Okay, all right. So maybe they can we can we can Don King that on the bus. Yeah, we can we can get Bang that bus. going. We can get we can guess. Like can I smoke yeah, on the man. bus? Absolutely. If Absolutely. You, if you, well, how many more years do you want to play football? Um. Well, you know, I don't want to. Twelve. I don't want to give too many. I don't want to give too many secrets. You don't want to give there, me a Ben also, Roethlisberger uh, answer. Like actually, Sunday is going to be the Will Compton. You know, what you should do this Sunday if it is it, okay. You heard it here. It's Will Compton's last game. Uh, it's a farewell tour. We're, we're his, on the fair. We're in the middle of the farewell tour right now. He's going to do a lap, high fiving all the people from out of town at the <laughs> hey, state at Allegiant hey, Stadium. Hey, hey, hey. People aren't even going to know why they're high five If you see a video, of I'm me not circling, even here for the Raiders. And just, and just high five and just like, yo, what is Compton doing? I'm going to wave a flag. Yeah, it's Will Compton Day. But how answer the question? One year, five years? I think this is probably this is probably it for me. Oh my Whoa. God, you heard it here, dude. We got to get this pot Thank out you for before his. <laughs> Suddenly, that's, the, that's the problem is you want to get it out of me and I have my own platform to do this shit <laughs> we fucked him uh, hey no Eddie Bro, can I tweet that can I can I, <laughs> I no. mean it's well sourced <laughs> it is well sourced <laughs> he said it's well sourced dude you can tweet whatever you want man I've been hashtagging the farewell tour yeah sure else, sure sure um, sure I'll we have this, Chris. So we, we'll tease it we have information on Will Compton's possible retirement okay I really like breaking there news there you go he broke, he broke my brother uh, going to the Chiefs earlier this year, and Schefter was in a fucking – he was in a ball. He yeah. was all in knots. Oh, he that's got hilarious. cucked. We cucked him. Go ahead. I want your brother to come on the bus too. That'd be tight. Maybe we could both come on the bus. What's the weight limit on the bus? I was going to say this. Well, we'll fit as many as we the can. The boy we weighs had, uh, 335, bro. He's <laughs> a big boy, man. I saw him after the Chiefs game, and I was like, hey, man, you got to come on the bus. And he's just such a huge – human being i'm yeah. just like what in the fuck yeah he looks like a wwe wrestler yes but what i was going to say is uh whenever i do retire we should both we should smoke on the bus and have a podcast let's do it we gotta shut the doors and do what we mm. used to do here we don't do that anymore here i don't want to making gets a lot of secondhand smoke hey can i ask one question yeah the pod yeah what what's what's been your what's been your take on the ab stuff oh that's good i mean like i i don't need to go anywhere i ab i i think it's really hard to draw the line because we are we are cognizant of the mental health stuff but the player's not saying he's unwell um and the player's kind of projecting this is who i am and there's a pattern of behavior with the players so i have a hard time finding that point where it goes from like your personality into wellness and so until the player tells me that he's not well or he's seeking help, I have to assume that he's kind of an asshole. Like, 
I mean, at the very least, this is assholeish behavior. So I, you know, Ryan Clark's talked about it for a long time. People called him a hater. The same people who sided with with AB over Mayock, you know, are the same people now. Like, give him a break. He's not well. How about like this is kind of who AB is, and this is who he wants to be. AB's not taking Sunday back. Let's let it play out and be empathetic if it's something worse than just being an asshole. I honestly, I'm and I'm not just blowing smoke. That's probably the best take I've heard. It's like <clears throat> we were on the pod talking about it, and you do a much better job articulating thoughts and perspectives a little bit better than than I do. I'm a little, I can be a little more reactive. So I was kind of just talking about it as like if I'm a teammate on that team, you're uh, because you're right. I think yeah, you're pissed, bro. You're like you might as well turn around to the bench and flip everybody off on your way out because you're disrespecting everybody's work and everybody that cares about this game. And they're trying to win right now. Yeah. And uh, you're right, man. Like, I think Ryan Clark let us in a long time ago when he was on the Steelers. And everybody reacted, calling him a hater. Uh, ABZ even went on the shop with LeBron James and talked about Shannon Sharp and stuff he said. But it's been a pattern over and over. This guy's continued to show us who he is on every team. And uh, he's gotten nine lives in this league. And I know 99% of the league would die for a situation like he's had, the talent yeah, he's had, the opportunities so good. he's had. So good. So competitive. Yeah, Ryan Clark even said that, like, as he was kind of yes. saying, like, he quit on himself. I thought that was the best take, if I'm supposed to believe that Ryan kind of knows exactly what's been going on. Like, AB's quit on a lot of people, but AB is the ultimate competitor, so it felt like quitting on AB Sunday. And that was, like, the saddest part about it. Like, if you sign up to play with, with AB, like, if you sign AB... It's like owning a Komodo dragon, which is probably not a great metaphor, but like eventually when the fucking thing eats you, you're not like, what happened? You signed AB. Like you, you know that this was a, a 70% likelihood, but for AB, I just felt like it was so self-destructive and I'm worried that that's the last time you see him in a uniform. So it's sad because he is a hall of fame talent. Uh, and it's, and it probably pisses his teammates off as you said. Yeah, man. Um, and you're right too. Like until he kind of shows that, you know, he wants to get well or, or he's saying like, Hey, I'm not unwell. And I'm just, you know, a super gremlin and all the branding stuff. Super the, dude, the dude dropped the dude dropped the song within the, the next couple hours. He was at a basketball game the next day, like trying to, no matter what he's doing, he's trying to show that he's above everything that everybody's saying. And it doesn't matter. He doesn't care what everybody's saying. Cause he's going to do him. Um, and so with that, it's just like, yeah, man, I think the dude is just like a, he's a, he's very self-absorbed and somebody who doesn't, I feel like can get some more self-awareness in his life. I also, people you, he surrounds himself yeah, with. you got to have people around you that are like, yo, you're wrong, dude. At what, which I oh, often worry that anybody who's really good at something, including like, Hey, fuck, I could get really good at this. Like where we're really successful. I need this guy, you know, like, cause he'll tell me when I'm being an asshole or when I'm wrong. Like I don't know if every player, every celebrity, every like, you know, you name it, any vocation. I mean, even business people that get too much power, too much success. Like you have to have people around you that can be like, hey man, you're wrong here. And I'm not positive that he has somebody around him like that because obviously, and if he does, he's kind of discarded that information. It's a sad deal. Um, but, you know, success is not only intoxicating, but to be in the NFL to be truly great, you have to protect your ego so much that sometimes it goes wrong. And yes. I think, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you and I have talked about this. Like, expectations, you know, I've been paid a lot. I was drafted high. Like, 
there are times where I came across as an asshole because I was so protective of my confidence, you know, or so protective of like my, my brand. And I think sometimes yeah. when AB's as good as he is, it, it just kind of snowballs and you become this, this, this isolated human being. You know, I mean, if that makes sense a, a little bit, you become no. you become isolated because you you start to be paranoid. You start to be like, well, he he's not in my corner. This person, if they tell me I'm wrong, like it's me against the world. And I feel like that's just snowballed with him as things went awry in Pittsburgh. And by the way, I don't believe Vontez Burfick started this whole thing. Like, yeah, I, I, I get know. so people, irritated people by that. They're like, uh, he hasn't been the same since that hit. I've heard um, stories. So, but I I do I I think you're right. I think ultimately everyone has their insecurities inside them. And the dude is so quick to be triggered and to be pissed off. It's small things from what I've heard when he was on the Raiders uh, from teammates here and just kind of seeing his behavior just in the league, like he's very quick triggered. And with that, you're obviously identifying with something that you're trying, like you said, that you're trying to protect. Yeah. You're protecting. And until you actually, yeah, until you actually sit down and unravel it and dig on it a little bit and get to know yourself, you're never going to fully be able to get to the root of why you're reacting the way that you're reacting. And until then, you'll never be able to forgive that part of yourself. And you're just going to believe you're just going to surround yourself with people who are yes men. And you're just going to be mad when things don't go your way, your way. Because I do think from the way Tom Brady spoke and the way some of his teammates have spoke, it seems like guys are around him and they're aware of the AB that we're sitting here talking about to where Chris, if he, if AB came in our locker room and we were on offense and we were able to, imprint on him in some way or be a teammate to him in some way like we would consciously be trying to make steps to surround ourselves with him yeah and it sounds like the way tom spoke on having compassion and everything else tom is for sure one of those guys and He's he tried. has teammates that that you can see they care about him but they're just like you can't help somebody that's not wanting to be helped type of situation. Yeah. So I feel like he's had those resources and those friends that try to kind of be around him and teammates, but he's just neglected it. And ultimately, you know, he's doing his thing now as a super gremlin. So I will look for the Will Compton single on Sunday um, after you run off the field shirtless and retire. Well, uh, I've, I've, I have <laughs> tweeted. The tweet is out. Um, Field Yates has responded. Like, this is getting this is some, fucking deal, some circulation. Dude. Oh, no, no. Field's a boy, man. He's somebody who's uh, who's always behind the scenes working for the boys. He's a so good dude, man. He's a good dude. I, he's a good dude. I used the word might, so I left you some wiggle room. You yeah. can make your own announcement. Yeah. But yeah. no, Field said but we're that pushing the, this social out shortly, the so. 2027 Hall of Fame class is taking shape already. Oh, so. this is good. Yeah. This is good. Hey, Bussin' with the Boys is the podcast. Uh, there's a football player on there, Taylor Luan, the tackle, but there's an Another football player that is my favorite of the two, and uh, and he's a rising star in Let's the me go. in the sports media community. He's a, legitimately, I want to say this because we don't do it. You're really good at what you do, and I hope you don't stop because uh, I'm going to be listening to you for a long time. So, Will, keep it up. Thanks for coming on the pod, man. Dude, I appreciate you having me on. And, and off of that, I would love to be doing something together one Let's day. Do, let's do yeah. some shit. Dabble up, get in a little mix of something. Let's do it. All the the dust settles, and I get to put my brain power all the way into media that we're kind of taking on and pioneering this thing for some athletes. You could be like Jay Z and Kanye and watch yeah. the throne, but then nobody goes the, crazy. The memes would be forever. Nobody goes crazy. Forever. Nobody goes crazy. We just stay a team. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll talk soon, buddy. Good luck this weekend. All right, brother. See you guys. See ya. See ya. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't yet tried the WinBet app, I've got great news for you. 
WinBet is now offering a 200% wager match for new users up to $1,500. That's just an incredible offer. WinBet is basically giving you double your first wager in free bets. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Anyways, that's enough podcasting for today. I need to get home and shovel my driveway. I need to get home and pack another bag to go stay in. I need to get home and kill a stag and cubicle of a hotel room and fucking skin it and wrap my my small children in it by a fire need to go home and build a fucking igloo i'm gonna get to 100 push-ups three out of the first four days of this year fyi new year new me how long did it take you guys to shovel your driveways yesterday i assume both of you shoveled driveways right no no my kids are resilient my wife is athletic i drove the redacted Grand Cherokee out the driveway and back into it several times. And so now I have, I have, I have a path. A plow, it's like, it's like, hey, I can be 200 chickens. So a lot of the getting times... A, getting, a, getting a plow guy out in a storm, storm such as that, that's a pipe dream. So when you clean the car off, I inevitably always use my hand. Oh, yeah. I use a little push broom that probably scratched my car. Yeah, like the little sticks, they don't work when you get like, a foot of snow that reminds me thank of when for, i was four years old thank you for actually cleaning off the top of your car i have a huge grievance with people that drive around really? with a fucking foot of snow on the top of their car i was gonna talk about this too it's in my notes you can't be doing that anymore i used to do that when i was young and immature i only clean off the the windshield so I guess oh dog guys, no that's yeah. very dangerous yeah well i don't want to drive behind you yeah i mean I, 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 it can hit people behind you it can come and uh, come on your you let your dog sleep in the freezing cold in your house last night. It was night. okay. So and when you're I talking left, to me about snow on my roof. When I left, it was sixty-one degrees. Sarah in the McLaughlin house. would would hate you. I returned multiple times to feed the dog, to let the dog in out. The arms I, of the angel. I put her in her room with her favorite bed. She was fine. I, I went out at crack of dawn this morning to get her uh, meds. Got ba- you got your baby sleeping on a floor. You guys guess what really crunchy activity Reed did in the snow yesterday? Snowshoeing. Oh, he probably like or, or cross or country cross skied. country skied into work. Is that right? For that no reason. I, yeah, cross country skied uh, from my house actually over to one of your all friends' houses. Uh, well, I went to his neighbor's house, but I oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You, you cross country skied from up Pantops Mountain to Pantops. From here, uh, yeah, at the bottom of Pantops, I went through Darden Tau over to Cas- over to Redacted Subdivision. Where did you put in? Wait, as wait, they wait. call it. Yeah. Oh, I started uh, like Locust Grove. Oh, North Downtown. That's uh, a lot of downhill. That's a lot of downhill. Okay. More That's like crunchy. down down country skiing. The Cowboys quickly becoming the most interesting part of this pod. It's fucking already there, dude. Becoming. Can we? Uh, can he get his own pod? In addition to yeah, producing this one, of course. The, that's the plan eventually. What's it called? The Dallas Cowboys. People are searching for Dallas Cowboy pods on the <laughs> internet. They come across <laughs> crunchy ass cowboy Reed talking about cross country skiing. <laughs> that's good. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Oh, Save a horse, ride a cowboy. A sex pod. Nice.
And a little treat at the end of the show, I, I'd hit my old buddy Robert Quinn up to see if he could come on, and uh, I think we'll just turn it on and uh, catch up with him. He's got five, ten minutes. I want to hear from the Chicago Bears single-season sack record holder uh, right here on Greenlight. I got him. I got Robert Quinn on the pod, man. Like, this is <laughs> awesome. First off, congratulations, bro. What, what a week this has been for you, I'm sure. I appreciate it, Bose. Yeah, it's been a it's been a decent little week for me. Yeah, uh, I can't I can't <laughs> complain about it. A hundred <laughs> sacks, the same sack that you break Richard Dent's record. Like, and here's the craziest part, and I pointed this out to people on Twitter. I don't think they realize this. When you broke the record in 2013, it was on our friend Mike Glennon, and then yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Eight years later, what the fuck is going on with you two? Must be the good luck charm or something. He must be, dude. <laughs> you had a conversation with Richard Dent, I heard, Saturday. I don't know if you guys chopped uh-huh. it up, but like, obviously you don't have to tell me what was said, but like, how does that feel to like, you were in Chicago one year, you're gunning for a record, the Hall of Famer, somebody who's like so universally respected in that city, and then you're talking to him the night before you break his record. What, what did y'all talk about without giving it away? Uh, you know, just basic football talk. You know, the 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 old head. You know, he, like you said, he's you know gave me a little two cent on how to pass rush and a little study of film. And then uh, the the funniest thing I thought was, you know, when he broke the record. Well, when he made his record back then, he said he only started in uh, ten of those games. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he kind of you know just made sure I understood you know the what I was going up against. So, you know, it was a nice little laugh for us. It's remarkable because people, I mean, you, you you held the record. If Aaron Donald wasn't born, you've got the record <laughs> on two different <laughs> pro franchises, uh, the whole nine yards. They stopped the game. You guys called a timeout so dudes could celebrate you. Like, what'd that feel like? It's your first year on a team. After being on one team for a long time, you've been on a couple different teams. I mean, you've been through back surgeries the whole nine yards. Does it feel like right. you found a nice little home? Uh, it's been, you know, it's been a good year here. You know, like you said, when they stopped and celebrated, you know, as you said, celebrated. I was, I didn't really know what was going on until kind of people pointed up at the scoreboard. I guess uh, being an older guy, you just get play the game and keep it moving. Hold yeah. on a second, Bob. <laughs> you telling me you didn't know you broke the record when you broke it? Well, no, I, I mean, I knew I broke it, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I was wondering why they, I didn't understand why they stopped the game. You <laughs> know, why they, I did not. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. No, we, well, we celebrated, you know, afterward, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was a little confused until I, uh, I put the pieces together. The last couple of years before our whole group broke up, man, it was just, we were hurt. You know, like, it just went to shit. And the, my last memory in St. Louis was me in the training room, you know, like you floating in the, in the pool, getting your back, right? Like we used to just sit in the pool because your back was all jacked up. And a lot of times when you have back injuries like that, you kind of count guys out. And I feel like a lot of people counted you out. Are you surprised at what you were able to accomplish this year? Nah, that's just typical standards. You know, I, I, I try to never, uh, never, uh, want to let my standards fall, you know, expectations of myself fall. So, you know, I did it at, uh, when I was 23, now I'm 30, 31. Golly, dude. <laughs> you know, just like to have high standards for myself. Do you have That's like all. a, do you have like a career goal for numbers? We used to talk about this, but now you're in the hundred club. So what's next? 
Well, would would be the single season, but you know, I'd like to do that in sixteen, not seventeen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talk to me about Justin, man. What do you see from Justin Fields? Because I feel like a lot of other rookies are getting attention, but when I watch this kid play, like he's a guy that I'm like, oh, I really respect this kid. Like you can tell he's got the right mindset. He's tough. He's accountable. And I think before it's all said and done, he might be the best out of the class. What do you see from Justin? Uh, well, I mean, you kind of said it. You know, he has a big arm. He's yeah. athletic as, as ever. You know, no matter how great you're playing, you kind of just, you know, it's based off wins and losses. So, right. you know, just see tough year for him and all of us. Uh, as a team, you know what I mean? Because it's, you know, it doesn't just fall on his shoulders alone. Yeah, no question. When a team's not winning, like usually everybody is struggling, and that's what makes your numbers so incredible. Another thing that makes your numbers incredible is I remember a lot of people used to be like, well, it's that turf, you know, like, because we, but we, you and I both know your ankle flexion and the way you can bend <laughs> is different. Like, you know, I used to tell people, Remember you used to sit in the hotel looking at your playbook and, and you're too, you're, you're fucking so pigeon-toed, bro. Like your feet are turned in at each other and people wonder why you turn the edge like that. But a lot of people said, hey, that's a, that's a turf edge rusher. You did this on grass this year and it's not exactly like the Daytona 500. This isn't like fast grass in Chicago. So I'm taking something away from that too. Like you said, back in those days, we were having fun. You know, we got a great group here. You know, saying yes, it's when you're having fun, it's easy to you know to make plays. So it's very similar to those to those St. Louis days that you're talking about with the group of guys up here. Yeah. You know, but like you said, that grass, you 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 get adjusted to it. Yeah, figure out what yeah. figure out what cleats work, and, and then go from there. You got to wear the seven studs sometimes there. Nah, you're still out there in the fucking in the, in the nubs, dude. So, do you change the way you rush a little bit? Like get, getting a little bit older. Like I remember when I was a little bit older, and you you certainly are just as explosive in a lot of ways. But I know that things change a little bit. Being on grass, being on a different team. Like, do you do you add different wrinkles? Like when we played, and when you play now. Like, have you you have new things in your bag that you didn't have at 23, 24, 25? I won't say new wrinkles, but I. You know, uh, adjust my rushes during the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, no question. And how about this? I power a little more than than you remember back in those days. Yes, I saw that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Putting that size eight on people, dude. <laughs> 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 Put that size eight on people, dude. I, I was like, uh, people were like, "Why is he in the neutral zone against Pittsburgh?" And I told him, I said, "Bro, like he his dome is enormous. He doesn't know he's in the neutral zone." We had the same. Remember when Coach Wolf said, "Take every every blade of grass." You know, You're taking I mean? them all. I'm, yeah, I'm taking it all. Yeah, I hear you, man. Um, all right, so we got the two record breaking sacks. And by the way, the the year that you broke the record in St. Louis, just that Tampa game, I think you had that that sack on the sideline callback. So you should have had another one. And Mathis, who's been really supportive of you, he's he's been congratulating you the whole nine yards. Always points out, I beat him by a half that year. By a half. By a half, bro. <laughs> like. Other than the record-setting sacks, I know I have an answer, but do you have a favorite Robert Quinn sack or two? I know one, of course, the first one, my first of career. What? Who you was know? that against? I'm trying to remember it. That was Eli. 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 We were in we were in New York, I believe. I think it was on Monday night. Monday night. If I'm not mistaken. Then, <laughs> then uh, one of the one of the most memorable ones we were playing the Saint Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Came, yeah, you know, blindsided and 
kind of crawled and you know scooped up that one i've never seen and, a guy actually crawl <laughs> like you crawled to get a sack and that was one of those i had a really good view of it because i was close but not there <laughs> it was like that was my <laughs> life with robert quinn i was like i had the best view of the house of all but he crawled five six yards across the ground to finish a sack yeah that was that was my answer that or the chicago sack where you took the ball off of mccown's hands and then just ran it in the end zone that was a good one too yeah <laughs> it was a good one too congrats on a hell of a career so far man i want to see you get to 150 um i want to see people give you the credit you deserve because i don't think a lot of people saw you kind of reviving your career to the point that you're the same guy that you were in 2000 and whatever it was man so congrats on climbing the mountain again another record for you dude i can't wait to see what the next one is yeah, well, who knows? I mean, with the extra game, anything possible at this point. Good to see you, brother. Well, all right, boss. Hey, appreciate you having me on. Tell yeah, the man. family I said hello. I will do the same. Tell Christina what's up. Well, dude. All right, buddy. Love, love you, man. See you. Okay. Love you, bro. Y'all take care. Y'all take care. Oh, oh, oh.